<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickleloaf and Dr. Zong. Dr. Zom. Dr. Slob. Dr. Slob and the pickles are here for you. This week we're doing a little ponytail and big old mustaches double feature. Mm, French fried taters. We're doing some Zardoz from 1970 and 4 and some Mini and Moskowitz from 1970 and 1. Yeah. Uh, Zom, how are you? Um, the further down the block you went, the better. I'm okay. I was really not in the mood to do this until I ate a big uh, piece of fish with cheese on it. And now, um, I think I just woke up. I was really hungry. Nice. And 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 uh, I mis- mistook uh, depression and sickness for. For just being hungry. <laughs> I got a full a, tank of fuel. It's amazing how tied to your like psyche that hunger can can be. Oh yeah, yeah. It's <sighs> like that, you know. It, it really is, especially when you're like obese, like me. I just had, I just came home and had a big old plate of nachos. Nachos. That was my dinner. I threw some Tostitos and cheese on a plate, melted that shit, then threw some beans and some rice and some sour cream and some hot sauce. Hot sauce. Hot sauce and sour cream. And then I had some peach iced tea with it. It was yummy. Ooh. Ooh. What, kind of, what, what was the brand? I don't know. Some some Big Lots bullshit. It was like $2 oh. for a liter of it. <laughs> Big Lots. There's nothing Big like Lots. eating at Big Lots. I wonder if you could just like just never go to the grocery store, get all your food, get all your sustenance at Big Lots. You would die by 40. Eh, I, I uh that's what that was when my dinner. When things are going, that'd be a fucking blessing. The, that well, was wait my, a minute. That so. was my dinner for uh for uh Saturday night. It was uh Three cheese jalapeno chips, peach iced tea, and house party on DVD. Yes. <laughs> yes. You can't fucking beat that. To how me, was, that sounds like fucking uh, almost like paradise. It was pretty nice. It was pretty Shit. nice. So how was your week, speaking of paradise? So you had a Christmas to Oh, uh, Jesus fucking Christ. I was, <laughs> well, I was in a good mood until, you, of course, you had oh, to say that. Oh. I'm, um, I'm sorry. Let's just say... 
that it's good that I'm glad that the dysfunctional family Christmas only comes once a year. <laughs> because I mean, you know, when you're okay, just to give you an example, mm-hmm. I'm sitting on the couch beside my dad, mm-hmm. watching already a mistake. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I can't remember if we were watching the Celtics and the uh, the Brooklyn Nets, which mm-hmm. is hard to say because I, you know, whatever. Um, I think that's what it was. And everybody's in the other room and everybody's laughing, joking, talking, and just having a great time. And, you know, we're sitting in there talking about basketball and he just leans over to me. He does this every fucking year just leans over to me and i mean not it doesn't say the same thing but he goes i'm staying in here so i don't have to sit in there and listen to all that goddamn bullshit <laughs> <laughs> i mean just out of the blue and they're ha- they're just in there talking and having fun do you yeah. see what i'm do you see what i do you see what i have to fucking live with i got an email from my mom <clears throat> mom said mom said um just so you know uh, your aunt, my dad's sister, your aunt was having a get together on the 23rd for Christmas. Um, your dad didn't want to go to his own sister's thing, Christmas gathering. Your dad didn't want to go. So he's telling her that we drove to your house to give you Christmas presents. So if it ever comes up, <laughs> you need to say we were with you. Boy, they. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, I, I Christmas Eve, I literally, um, both days, uh, almost uh, had an anxiety attack. <laughs> Was it the same side of the family both times? Or same like it's, group of people both times? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know what it is. It's just, uh, well, but I got it all out. I mean, it's all out of the way. And 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 Christmas Day was was really fast. And that's another thing. It's like, I got there... I said, well, because I, I worked in that, that night, so I had to get up and you know come home, go to sleep, try to sleep, get up, yeah, fucking go, and then cut, and then come back home, go to sleep for a, an hour or so, and go back to fucking work. So, um, um, when I got, I told him I'd be over there at like one o'clock. Well, I got there at like one thirty, and I and I ate, and by three thirty, everybody's like, well, eh, we're ha-. oh, and that's another thing. My dad, as soon as he said that. <clears throat> My mom came in probably about like less than five minutes later, which, you know, I'm sitting there watching basketball and I'm thinking, eh, you know, this isn't too bad. And then he said that and then it just like brought back reality and made me like ill and nauseous <laughs> and, and, and every single like mental thing that's wrong with me just flooded back. And she comes in and she's like, uh, she asked him if, if, she, he wanted her to get her, get him something or something like that or whatever, and he goes, "Don't get too goddamn comfortable because we're leaving it." <laughs> and it was like three thirty. I'd only been there like two hours, and and everybody just started leaving. And I was like, "Well, this is fucking great." And so then when I got in the car, I realized, okay, this wasn't a bad thing. So I got in the fucking car and just went home, went to sleep, and I was like, okay, well, in some ways, it's kind of like shitty but in some ways it's like okay it's over let's fucking, i don't have to do this again until next year yeah my, my, yeah my wife left to go to her parents because her sister from florida was visiting so she wasn't going a couple days early so i had the uh the house to myself and the dog 
even though I had to fucking work until midnight on Sunday, but um, I did. I did, as I said, watched uh, watched House Party, and it was pretty cool. And I had the Christmas tree on and watching House Party by Christmas lights. Pretty neat. Nothing and, wrong um, with that. Then on Monday, I had to get up and I drove most of the di- day. I stopped. Finally, stopped at a Walmart Express. It's the only one I've ever seen because I had to shit really bad. And the way home to my to or to my um, in laws is. Well, you can drive on the highway, but it takes about an hour less if you go on the back roads. And there's this fucking, there's a Walmart Express. It's this tiny little Walmart. And I've always wondered what was inside, but I've never felt like stopping. But this time I had to stop because I was going to shit myself. And um, <laughs> it's, it's just like a grocery store. It was weird. And that's all it is. It's just like, it, and it's not even, it's like half the size of a normal grocery store. It's just a tiny yeah. little store and it's all they sell is food. I thought it was weird. Anyway, took a dump. They had a nice clean bathroom. And listen to the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. While you were pooping? Bringing class to the trash since 1977. Um, no. I paused it out of the car, then went in and tried to order uh, Miami Connection on Blu-ray from um, Draft House Films' website. And they wanted to charge $11.50 shipping. Oh, that's kind of a The only way that that would be good is if they were charging you a penny for the DVD. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I've seen that before. I, I was going to get the T-shirt too, and that's why I was ordering it from their website. I wanted the Dragon Sound T-shirt, and the fucking eleven fifty broke it. I was so I was sitting on the crapper, and I was like, "What? You've got to be shitting me!" Oh, that's ironic. I'm shitting, and I don't know. I stopped ordering it. I didn't. I, I'm not going to go back. Fuck that eleven fifty. You put your foot down. They, I bet I bet they fucking pay, what is it, priority mail, and that's what it was, priority shipping, that's what it said, U.S. priority mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, five bucks, right? For a fucking packet, it's a t-shirt and a Blu-ray, and I bet you could let, mail it for five bucks. So what are they doing with the extra six? I Granted, I, I like supporting people, but come on, fucking just make the fucking DVD or the Blu-ray price 25 instead of 20 if you want the extra fucking money. Well, you know, it's um, capitalism. It's principal- There's principalities involved. Goddamn motherfuckers. So anyway, yeah. Shit. Went to the in-laws, watched some Christmas movies. It was all right. We ate, ate some ate some pasta. They always they like to make instead of like a Christmas dinner, they make green and red dinner. So we had like spinach pasta with red sauce and the salad and stuff. So pretty cool. And saw you the well. saw the in-laws saw the. Saw the sister-in-law, the parents. You get along with them pretty good. Oh yeah, better with better than better them with my than with my own parents. Yeah. Eh, and we came home. Well, and you know, one thing is like, um, okay, I always I have like uh, I don't know. Like I said, the one day I was sitting here on the computer and I was like, "Holy shit, it's Christmas Eve!" Hmm, I forgot. So <laughs> <laughs> I like I go to like Walmart at three or four in the morning and just buy everybody something. You know, just something. Yeah. And um, then after that, and I feel this way almost every year because, like, my niece, I gave her. I, she just said, you know, just give me money. So I gave her. I gave her some money. She doesn't even say thank you or anything or or <laughs> anything. And and she had her uh, her uh, little boyfriend there. You know, fifteen year old boyfriend. And so that wasn't a bad thing. I mean, you know, and uh, I don't know. It's just like, uh, and then. 
everybody i mean i did get some some cool my si- one sister got me um freddie mercury's biography which will be cool yeah and then um my other sister for my birthday i got this in the mail the day after christmas uh was the ultra detail figure planet of the apes charlton heston taylor nice. action figure nice and that was awesome um uh christina from girls on film sent me a awesome thor mug and uh, you know, I, I got some stuff from some of our some of our uh, the miners that uh, I'll tell you what. And I hate to say this because you know, uh, family's family, and they just pull strings. And at least my dad didn't tell me to take my hat off, but I did. And then of course I left it. My Montreal Canadians had it. My sisters, which <laughs> pissed me off, because if if it wouldn't have been for him and his. Why don't you take your hat off and stay a while? Uh, I, I preempted that and took it off and hung it on the coat rack. And, of course, then I forgot it, which I knew I was going to do. But um, I got some stuff from our people. Yeah. Uh, like um, yesterday and today. And uh, it was awesome. It, it, and not just because I got stuff. It just made me smile. It was, yeah. it was, a, it was nice. And it's, it's, it's because that stuff you've, you've been given out of friendship, not because they have to. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. I, I went out and spent a, a fucking bunch of money and gave money because I just gave cash to my niece. And I know that they appreciate it, but it, it's just kind of like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Because I know like what I got my dad. He'll give it back to me in, in a month or two. <laughs> I'll just go to their house and he'll be like, hey, I got some stuff to give you. And he'll give me like uh, a pair of shoes of his that don't fit, uh, a sweater <laughs> from 1970, and my gifts back. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, uh, they can fucking flip your switch, man. They, yeah, I yeah. guess when you have 18 years – well, I mean, Jesus, okay – how about when you have forty fucking six years of of of, of uh, conditioning? The people know how to fucking uh, uh, tweak you. Yeah. <laughs> well, just little things. Well, yeah, th- and thank you. Uh, you know, those of you who yeah. sent stuff, we appreciate it. Uh, you know, you know who you are. So anyway, well, let's, let's get into what we've been watching. All righty. We've, yeah, we've been talking about, about mentally disabled Christmas. For- Fuck, man! For ten minutes, so. I, I'm I'm literally I'm almost kind of like nauseous just talking about it. It just really <laughs> is just not a it's not a pleasant experience, and it should be. Yeah, I didn't even go it's to my of, parents this year. It's kind of so. gross. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, okay. I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking um, what do you call it? Uh, start this motherfucker off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched. Okay, now I forgot this one last week, so I will throw it in because I know everyone was on pins and needles to find out how I thought what I thought about this. I watched Eat, Pray, Love. Mm. Roberts. <laughs> okay, now I will say this. Okay. Okay. Um, if you. Are a Buddhist, you might actually like this. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I think, I think my wife there, read the book. Well, and there's there's um, Javier Bardem is in it. That's the only reason I watched it. It was on TV, and I looked up, and I was like, "Well, fucking, Har- I like Javier Bardem, mm-hmm. and he's usually good." And he was being romantic, you know. And he's he's he he's a suave guy, you know, very suave. <laughs> um, it's not great. I mean, I don't know it. Um, 
it was okay for one time watch. Okay. Uh, I don't know if they if they if Harvey or Bardem would have been like fucking Julia Roberts doggy style and had her by her long fucking red hair pulling her head back and like uh, smacking her ass, it would have been better. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think okay, your Christmas would have been better with that. If I would have been doing that to Julia Roberts. It <laughs> Instead of sitting by your dad watching basketball. Yeah, while Harvey or Bardem was, was uh, gagging her with, in the mouth. Um, no, well, I don't know. Well, yeah, and then we could high five. To Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Eiffel Tower. I've never heard that. Oh, you learn something every day. You are wacky. Yeah, um, yeah. The next thing <laughs> was uh, this. Uh, okay, when this movie comes on, yeah, it, it, it just like they play this career. That's the name of the movie. Career. <laughs> it's a Hal Wallace movie. It's on um, Netflix Instant Watch, and mm-hmm. it stars Anthony Franciosa. Uh, Dean Martin and little cute Shirley MacLaine, who I, when she was like probably 20 years old, I just thought she was just a cutie and uh, with long legs and I wanted to bang her. She's a cutie, uh, but she's a drunk in this one. And it, it's, it's, uh, it's all about um, uh, Franciosa and Dean Martin are in like plays and they're actors and in New York and they're really struggling trying to make it big. And, and uh, Franciosa is a kind of a scummy fucker that'll do anything to try and get ahead. And he's really struggling, really struggling. Um, and, and to the detriment of his uh, personal life and stuff, he, he, whatever. But man, I don't think he, I've seen him in other stuff later. And this was, I guess, when he was pretty young. He wasn't very good. I didn't mm-hmm. think he was very good as an actor. Um, but it's, it's worth a watch. I didn't think it was that great. Uh, because uh, it said on the it said on the description that it had something to do too with um, like the Hollywood blacklisting, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, this could be interesting. And that was just like a really tiny little small part yeah. at the end, toward the end. Uh, next thing I watched was Steve Martin and Rachel Ward in Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, and uh, this is kind of a uh, it's a noir, it's a comedy, it's a mm-hmm. noir, but it's a takeoff of all the other old noir movies, and it's actually Steve Martin and Rachel Ward playing off clips. They put a they put like a story together by showing clips from the old movies with like Burt Lancaster, Barbara Stanwyck, and all this shit. And uh, Rachel Ward has big tits. <laughs> uh, and the and the Steve Martin when he's making coffee or his Java is awesome because that that you know say like you go to Starbucks or Walmart or Sheets or something and they have those little bags of ground up coffee. Yeah, uh, that little bag of ground up coffee that he has must have. Uh, 55 pounds of coffee in it. He sits there and just pours it for like a goddamn hour. And that's the joke, you know. So anyway, it's, it's funny. It's wild. It's wacky. Uh, Gone wacky. Yeah. Ben Affleck uh, directed this. And uh, Casey Affleck is the star. Mm-hmm. Also with Ed Harris, Morgan Freeman, who called in last week. Um, this, when I first saw it, I I think it got really hyped up, and I was kind of like, okay, it was okay. But I didn't think it was. Like, you're talking great. about Gone Baby Gone, right? Gone Baby Gone. Okay. And I watched it this time, and I liked it a lot, even more. I liked it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casey Affleck didn't really annoy me. 
the Boston uh, assholishness that usually really gets under my skin didn't bother me that much at all. <gasps> it's really it's really mean. It's dirty and gritty and grimy. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Uh oh, I watched Avatar again. Um, still haven't which, seen it. Huh? I still haven't seen it. I I I threw it in uh, with some, you know some friends. We put it in and uh, and had it on and. Uh, it's it's still you know it's fun it's entertaining I mean I, I, I especially like if you had kids which will probably never happen uh, <laughs> you could probably watch it with your dog and they would like it uh, it's fun to watch I don't know it's fun he'll probably growl because uh, he growls at everything yeah yeah, um, yeah. Uh, beyond the myth uh, this is a documentary about uh, pit bulls uh, in America and how the media. You know, when they show the statistics, the statistics, um, you know, that like golden retrievers bite more people than pit bulls. And that they always, you know, have the thing where they say a pit bull's bite is three, you know, 35,000 pounds of pressure or something like that. And then but what they don't tell you is when they test the bite strength of other dogs, they're, it's pretty much the same. Uh, so, you know, and, and Malamutes and Siberian Huskies and all these other dogs that have killed people and attacked them. And they, they'll just say dog attack. But if it's a pit bull, they say pit bull attack. And, uh, you know, you, you were at um, Jake McClard's huge house and he has a pit bull and that dog's about as nice as can be. So they were saying what a lot of it's about is uh, breed-specific legislation. Yeah. And their thing, it's almost like judging what what they're saying is like what Martin Luther King said: you judge the individual by the content of its character. Some dogs are mean, some dogs are not, and it doesn't matter what specific breed they are. They could be the nicest dog in the world, right. but does that and and then you could have one that's mean, but does that mean you kill off the whole breed? Which is what some some states are trying to do. You know, uh, watch Looper, which is a favorite of yours. Yeah. I bought it. It was a. Uh, uh, iTunes uh, pre-release where you you couldn't rent it, but you could buy it. Right, and, right, right. Um, I liked it. The only problem that I had with the whole movie, I think, mm-hmm. is I don't really think that they needed to do the makeup on Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, and it's weird because I didn't know anything about this going in. Uh, and... So I didn't know who he was supposed to be. And I was like, why does his face look weird? <laughs> like for the first like 30 minutes of the movie, I was like, I don't understand why they did that to his face. And then it makes sense later. But yeah, um, it just, it, yeah, it did make sense. But it throughout the entire movie when you, when I was watching it, I mean, it just looks like he has a bad makeup job. They could have just done the ear thing or just had him kind of do it. He did try and do Bruce Willis's mannerisms. But he he looked funny, I thought. But the movie when they do the, um, I wonder if that's just because we know what he looks like. If they, yeah, if, you maybe. think if they used like a no name actor, if it would have been, like if they would have used Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I, I liked it. it. It really twisted your it twists your uh, your melon because uh, any time travel thing. Uh, one thing that it kind of reminded me of, which was Bruce Willis was also in, was Twelve Monkeys. Mm-hmm. Of it, where you're sitting there going, oh, oh, oh. I love time travel shit, even if it's not even done well. I just love like, yeah, like when so people loop back stuff. on themselves, or yeah. like because we were watching an episode of Fringe last night, and the the dude from uh, I don't remember his name, RoboCop, uh, 
he he plays the scientist who's built like a Faraday field into his body and can, he keeps trying to jump back. And it's really cool. Like he, it's, it's really, it's kind of grotesque. He looks like Frankenstein, but whenever anybody confronts him, he basically just hops back like 10 days nice. and like, everything happens again. And people that would like, be like, hey. so if I was sitting on the couch with my dad at Christmas and as soon as he opened his mouth, I could just jump back <laughs> you just day. go, Brrr. and then <laughs> anybody within your like time field would also be zapped back 10 days and they have no idea what just happened. <laughs> yeah. Well now, um, um, one good thing. Well, there's a couple good things. Um, I, I don't think like Piper Perabo is like a great actress or anything, but finally getting to see her naked and in a thong was was a highlight. <laughs> and the, the the chick that is the main girl, she's got a fucking rocking hot. I like her. She's yeah, got a nice yeah. body. Uh, so let's move on from that. Uh, okay. to get out of the sex stuff, sex talk. Uh, Jeff Daniels looks like shit, man. Fuck. He's that dude old. can go from looking like you know on that the newsroom. He looks like a you know a a, a uh, news anchor, kind of handsome and everything, and then he's in this, and he just looks like a fucking fat, lazy, sloppy slob, which you know he probably is. I I'm not one to judge. I am too. Uh, <laughs> I watched Stolen with Nick Cage and uh, Josh Lucas. Um, this is one of those ones where I think Cage is trying to pay off the IRS, but it's worth a watch. I mean, it's 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 not a. I mean, you know, it's by the numbers thriller, mm-hmm. and uh, Josh Lucas is man, is he scummy? Fuck a duck. <laughs> it made him scummy as she she. Uh, watch the Born Legacy with little Hawkeye as the Born Legacy. Um, this isn't bad, and I'll tell you one reason why: no shaky cam, Ooh. which is awesome. Uh, so and, and uh, Rachel Vice is in it, and I have a thing for her. She's a little cutie, but it, there's no shaky cam. It's like, goddamn, this is awesome! I'm finally watching a Bourne movie where I don't feel like I'm sitting on uh, a jackhammer hmm. or a symbian, whatever. I uh, watched Fire and Ice, which I uh, did not know what this was. I expected it to be almost like a one of those David Carradine sword and sorcerer things real cheapy. And it's actually an animated flick <laughs> yep, a, yep. a la um, like heavy metal, heavy metal. Yeah. Roy Thomas. Uh, when I saw the name, I thought at the beginning when they were showing the animated stuff, I thought, okay, this is just the intro and then it'll get to, uh, to the actors and, you know, live action. And I was like, holy shit. And, and, and um, I have, you know, have been a fan of a lot of his stuff for a long time, the comics. And uh, it's funny cause you can really tell um, with artists, <laughs> they're sort of what they like in women, because Jesus Christ, the chicken this is just walking around with hardly anything on, you know, and how she's built and everything. She was hot. Um, I watched My Chauffeur with Deborah Foreman from Valley Girl, which we had covered before, and mm-hmm. Sam J. Jones. I forgot that this was. Um, this is definitely. Um, I don't know if it was R-rated, but it had nudity in it, and they were real. The, 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 when she goes to work for the chauffeur company, God, the guys are such assholes to her. It's like we're gonna next thing you know, she'll be washing her panties in the sink and have a goddamn douchebag hanging in the shower, <laughs> and they just treat her like shit. Howard Hessman, the fucking uh, Johnny Fever, he he was such an asshole, and then Sam J. Jones is walking around fucking naked. His girlfriend left him, so he's in the back of the uh, of the of the the uh, limousine, and she's like, "Mister, are you okay?" And he's like, "No." 
and and he's a real jerk. He's like Gordon Gecko. And she goes, "Well, there's a there's a wet bar back there if you like if you drink." And he goes, "I don't drink." And then he goes, "Until now." And he just fucking <laughs> takes like these bottles of booze like he's mixing like Bushmills and drinking that and then drinking like scotch and just fucking chugging it straight. And then he just takes off all his clothes and goes running through this park naked. And, and harassing people. So it's like, God damn, this is this. I thought this would be like a little PG movie, but it's uh, I don't I, ha, I think it might have had to have been rated R. I don't know. Um, True Romance in Blu-ray is a recommend if you I mean, this fucking Blu-ray looks good. And this movie's just fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I showed I watched it with a couple of my buddies and uh, uh, one of them's first time he saw it. And he was like, well, when they at the beginning, when they were showing who was in it, he goes, holy shit, man, look at this cast, <laughs> you know. And uh, Patricia Arquette, oh, God. I know that Quentin Tarantino wrote this. So, I mean, you know, it's going to be every movie geek or comic book geek's wet dream to have some hot chick that likes the stuff that you like. But it worked because she was hot. And James Gandolfini was skinny. Yes, he was. He was, skinny too. He was a jerk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a jerk. Spin in a circle. <laughs> and I forgot Sizemore was in this. Him and Christopher Penn. Uh, watch Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World in Blu-ray. And this looked really good. Uh, again, I had said this before when we were talking about Star Trek, how the... the um, the comparison uh, between a movie like this uh, with a ship captain on a ship with all the people and everything that happens and blah, 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 how Star Trek kind of took off on that. That's basically what it is. They could they could have put Kirk and everybody just on a ship at sea at this time, and they probably wouldn't have missed a beat because uh, it's the same shit. Uh, except for the time travel and stuff like that. <laughs> stuff. I watched Christmas Story with a uh, little what's-his-face that's going to shoot his eye out with a Daisy Red Rider BB gun. And it is still fucking hilarious and still reminds me of when I was a little kid. Uh, I watched that too. Uh, we can go – we'll, we'll uh, so I can pass over it. And, you know, you, you can't really say too much yeah. about it. I mean, you know, every, probably almost – probably anybody that – listens to our show would have seen it multiple times especially you know and we turned it on it was just tbs like it does every year fucking it was a marathon hours. 24 yeah. it was on fucking 24 yeah. hours yeah. but darren mcgavin is just hilarious as the dad and uh i mean uh, i grew up uh, at the time when i okay um when i was five years old it was 1970 so i mean like a lot of the cars and shit like now this took place i think in like the 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 probably mid late 50s maybe very early 60s i don't know but it it just really reminds me like some of the clothes and the kids at school and we did have a girl that we talked into putting her tongue on a frozen pole <laughs> and it got stuck and whatever and and she pulled it away and it ripped the skin off her tongue Ooh. um i felt bad for uh i watched a uh, long way down with uh ewan mcgregor and charlie Burman, uh, who is um the son of martin borman the nazi no, I mean, uh, no, John Borman, <laughs> the guy who did Deliverance, the, the director, and who did Sardoz. Oh, uh, this is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh okay, Sardoz. It's, um, <laughs> I, I watched Long Way Round uh, with them, and I've seen this one before. Uh, it's, it's just, they have a, they're like best friends, and they're riding from John, John, they, the, the name of the place in Scotland is John, uh, uh, John O'Groats. And you and McGregor, when he says it, it sounds like he's saying Jonah Groats. 
But uh, they ride from uh, uh, up there in Scotland all the way down to uh, the very southernmost part of Africa on motorcycles. <coughs> Go through Libya and a lot. And one of my friends said, uh, you know, um, about <laughs> going through Libya. And I said, well, they don't have anything to worry about. They're not Americans. But the people that were on their crew that were Americans, they wouldn't let it in the country. But they got to get, they went through, and it was just like nothing. I mean, they, people go there from other countries for, um, vacation and shit they have beautiful beaches and everything it was really cool and i was watching uh um well let me i want to do the italian or they had the italian of the sun if i can find it la banda del gobo which (laughs) is till we die it's a umberto lenzi uh yeah Thomas, I got this from Cinema Day Bazaar a long time ago, and I have a big stack of movies from Cinema Day Bazaar, and so I didn't want to watch them all at once. So, because uh, I, you know, every once in a while you want to pull something out and uh, jack off. No, uh, it was funny because <laughs> when I first started watching this, I didn't know, I don't know anything about it, and didn't, and and I'm like, oh my god, look at uh, Millions. He has this fucking big uh, Afro wig on, mm-hmm. and his name is uh, Pigsty. And yeah. so then the next thing you know, here comes a car, and they're beeping the horn, and he comes out from underneath this car, and, and he goes over to the other car, and I'm like, wait a minute. The guy fucking driving the, the other car is Thomas Millian. <laughs> so it's kind of like him doing their, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme playing his own twin brother. Yeah. And, and not only is he pigsty with the big bushy Afro wig uh, and, <laughs> and everything, but he, his twin brother is a hunchback. So it's very interesting. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I, so far, I mean, you know, uh, I haven't finished it yet. I'm about uh, three quarters of the way through, and then you were like, "Let's record." <laughs> that's it. That's all, oh, that's all you got. All right. Well, yeah. I, already said, I already mentioned I watched House Party. Um, uh, still a still a pretty classic movie for me. It, uh, I think I saw it the first time when I was about twelve. So, <laughs> um, you know, anything with. Uh, with uh, lots of cursing and jokes, like and dick jokes in it, is always going to make me laugh. So, um, I think John Witherspoon, the guy that played the dad in Friday, might still be the highlight of this one when he's yelling out the window to the kids. Oh, and, a- right, yeah. and apparently, he improvised mo- pretty much all of his those, all of those lines, the, the public enema line, and all that stuff. So, um, he's a really funny guy. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, he, and that was what I wa- that was what I had with my peach iced tea and jalapeno corn chips. Nom nom. Um, let's see. Later that night, I watched Killer Joe, another hilarious movie. <laughs> oh wait, now it, it is funny. You know, I was thinking afterwards. There were some parts where I could see like laughing awkwardly. You know what you were saying about it. Um, this is described as a dark comedy. I'm like, what? And you know, I read Minnie and Moskowitz as a comedy too. And like, I wasn't really laughing through most of it. Either. I had friends that watched Killer Joe and mm-hmm. I wasn't there. And they said they thought it was hilarious. Well, and I don't, I don't, I didn't think it was fun. I mean, I don't know what was supposed to be dark, funny. But I didn't think it was funny. I mean, the parts that I could like, there's some, there's a couple parts that are really drawn out one in particular and maybe that's a comedic moment but i was just like because you know it's kind of kind of gross and sleazy and white trashy and <laughs> yes and, uh, now there was one part and i had said um 
that I just I wasn't sure about. And then someone said that they had a different perspective, not a different perspective, but that the guy said something else. Because um, I I even went and looked it up. Okay, now there was a guy in porn mm-hmm. named Max Hardcore. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I do not like his stuff because he basically takes these girls who are very skinny and very petite that are of age. He dresses them up like schoolgirls and makes them act like that. And in some of his movies, he'll say, you know, like he he meets them. And the theme of the movie is he'll meet them at a at a schoolyard or in a public restroom and then take them back to his house. Right. And he'll say, you know, how old are you? And in some of his movies, they'll say like 13, even though they are actresses of legal age. And then he, I mean, the stuff is, you would hate it. It's yeah. really gross. My friend, one of my friends says that he is his favorite porn guy, mm. which is really kind of telling because this guy <laughs> pisses in the girls' mouths, in their faces. He gags them. He, it's, there's nothing Jesus. sexual about it. It's almost like he's molesting and raping them. Okay, now, he went to prison for real in real life. Okay. And one of the things was um, uh, uh, he... he uh, even though the girls are le- of legal age, it was de- a depiction of child pornography mm-hmm. or ch- uh, putting children in sexual situations or a depiction of it. In this movie, Killer Joe, Matthew McConaughey's character and this girl have a scene. And in one part, I thought that he said, how old are you? And she said, 12. And then they had sex, and it was pretty ex- a pretty explicit scene, sexual scene. Yeah. Now someone said that he said, "How old are you now?" And she said twelve, and that she was just fucked up in the head. Oh yeah, because he said I'm twelve too. Yeah, I heard him say that, but yeah. I thought that he said that, but she was really twelve. I think there was actually, like it was there he was making it like a different moment. But he it was, was like fucking weird. I know. I, that was so gross. And then was there an incest okay, now if any okay, people. I would I don't know if you say spoiler alert or not, because I don't care. But no, no, seriously. <laughs> I mean um was did they insinuate that either Emil Hirsch and her might have been Mm, I don't think so because he seemed just more very protective of her because she was kind of. Well, like, what about bit. when he would look up and she was walking into his room naked and shit? What? But she, wait, she didn't have her own room. That was a dream. I mean, he remember he 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 was laying in bed and he looked up and she was like standing there or walking into his room completely naked and then oh. he was like, Ugh, and then and then she disappeared. I don't remember that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 Did you watch this? You're no, making it up. You just make it. You just wanted to that to happen by telling people that you watch this. No, um, but no. Someone actually at work said that they thought that maybe that that they insinuated that they had been incestuous when they were young, and oh. that's why he was so protective. It could be. And blah 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 blah. I don't care. But anyway, it's and, and uh, yeah. What's her name? Uh, fucking uh, uh, Gina Gershon. <laughs> when he sure. fucking. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. Man, that was just fucking vile. And it went on. <laughs> I, liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, buy, I'll buy it. 
Um, would you get okay? The one thing that you should do though is, mm-hmm. well, but you don't eat meat. I was gonna say go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and big K-Fry bucket. C. Yeah, yeah, and then fucking sit there and eat it. I don't think I could. It was really gross. Um. So yeah, I'll 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 I'll, I'll pick this up on Blu-ray. I liked it a lot. And really, was, that much? Yeah, I did. Um, but it wasn't you know, not one I'm gonna watch with the lady. Why not? not? Not one I am going to laugh at too much. I did not think it was really much of a comedy, except there's you know there's certain parts that keep going on and like where you'll awkwardly laugh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like uneasily laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then start crying. <laughs> um, and another uneasy movie. I watched Matador, another Almodovar movie. Um, this one. <laughs> I don't know that I understood completely what was going on in this one, except that there was a dude, like, there was a woman that was, that was kind of like a serial killer, and she would bang the shit out of guys and then stab him in the neck with this like, hairpin of hers. And there was another guy, he was a teacher teaching people how to be a bullfighter, and Antonio Banderas kept, he was a student, and he was wanting to, like, prove his manhood. So first he tried doing that by uh, trying to rape his neighbor, and... He only made it between her thighs before he came, and then she smacked him, and then he fainted, and she walked away. Well, I think we've all had that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but then he starts confessing to these murders. But then the, you know, I don't know. I didn't. Know, I don't think I understood it. I, I liked what I saw, but I don't know. I need someone to explain it to me. Help! Um, uh, this is mid mid eighties Almodovar, so, and I'm 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 getting close. I'm I'm I've about seen almost all of his stuff now, so. Um, let's see. With the in-laws, I watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, not my favorite, but I think I like the the end of it better than I like the beginning because I missed some of the beginning and I was all right with the movie. Um, I don't really like like when he gets locked in the attic and stuff. I think it was pretty stupid, but yeah. Um, and the part with the sled is pretty stupid, but uh, fucking cousin Eddie, I just almost I was I had a mouthful of fucking what was it I was eating. Um, oh my God, we had this, we had this, uh, pepper jam or no pepper. Like it's almost like salsa, but it's almost sweet and it, you know, comes in a jar and you basically you take half a block of cream cheese and just pour this pepper shit on top of it and put that on crackers. Oh my God. I was stuffing my face. My mouth is watering thinking about it. And that, that scene when cousin Eddie is standing there emptying his sewer is in like the neighbors see him standing there with his fucking only wearing a robe and he's like he <laughs> picks up his beard he's like Merry Christmas shitter's full <laughs> I almost sprayed fucking cheese and pepper jam everywhere <laughs> ah love that line but you know not a great movie it's never been my favorite um and uh, well, we, we watched later that night we watched planes trains and automobiles and this movie is fucking great this movie I was laughing a lot at. I love when they're driving down the road singing with the fucking car that's been burnt to a crisp. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. We were, I had tears in my eyes a few times in this one. I haven't seen this movie in years. I have it on DVD, but we watched it on Amazon Prime. My, uh, my brother-in-law has a, a subscription to Amazon Prime. So, And Netflix was down on Christmas Eve night. What? So, uh, yeah, and the, you, what I hear, a little drama, Netflix hosts some of their movies on Amazon's servers. And huh. they and they so they're blaming Amazon for the outage. So, uh maybe uh, more more there to see there. There could be a, a a grudge fight there. Yeah. 
Um, let's see. But Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is fantastic. Um, man, love that movie. John Hughes, baby. Um, let's see. Watch for the first time ever. Yeah, also on Amazon Prime, North by Northwest. I have never seen that, and I have it on VHS down in the basement. It's very good. Um, what's his face and what's her face? Cary <laughs> Grant. Cary Grant and Eva Marie Saint. I like her. Yeah, she was very hot in this movie. Uh, James Mason is in it. I don't. Re- I don't. I don't. Can't recall anything off the top of my head outside of Lolita that he was in. So I was just expecting him to look like a creep the whole time, and he kind of was a creep in the movie. And um, uh, Martin Landau looked like he was about twenty in it. So, mm. um, very good. Um, you know, it's two hours sixteen, so you got to set aside some time. But you know, as far as as far as uh, Hitchcock movies go, it's pretty grand grandiose because it happens over like four, three or four different states, and Mount Rushmore is involved. And yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's it's a bigger movie than I think he normally made, but it was good. Grandiose. Yeah. The let's see. Watch Christmas story Christmas morning while we were opening presents. We already talked about that. Then we all sat together and watched Hugo. Um, this is a movie I saw last Christmas in the theater, and I saw it with. Uh, it was still playing in the theater, even though it came out in like September. Um, saw it with the wife originally, and then we all watched it together this Christmas, and um, still really fucking good. Um, trying to, I was trying to stifle some, uh, some dusty eyes <laughs> parts of that movie. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, stay in the Christmas spirit and watch Chud. <laughs> oh my God. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Yeah. I've never seen Shit, this one. I've never seen that fucking movie and I still know what that fucking's called. Yeah. I don't think I, I might've seen it when I was a child. That's all right. It's all right. It doesn't live up to the acronym. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Although the, the monsters look pretty good, and I don't know. Eh, it was all right. I was hoping it would be more like Ghoulies, where shit comes out of the toilet and stuff, but eh, it was all right. Um, I watched Thor finally yesterday because I've been I've had I've had Avengers on the sideline for um for a while because Thor was the last movie I needed to watch um, because. As I said on the Facebook group, my brain will not let me watch all the Avengers until I've completed all of the movies that lead up to it. So I finally watched Thor, and I am in the Sammy camp. Uh, It was fine. I mean, I didn't hate it, but I, you know, found myself. I got up. Goddamn movie in the world. No, I found myself getting. I got up a few times. Went to go piss. Got some food. Uh, Yeah, I didn't feel the need to pause. While you did that, yeah, I did. I didn't pause it. Oh, Uh, now see. I didn't. I, I don't understand you guys. It's like somebody else put on there. Well, I slept through the last half of it, and I'm like, okay, you slept through the last half of it. You fucking got up and didn't even watch parts of it. <laughs> so how can you judge it well, in no, its entirety? I, mean, I missed like I missed like a minute of it at most. Yeah, I know how you eat and shit. <laughs> no, it wasn't a shit. It was a pee, and okay. I can still hear it. The bathroom's right behind the TV. So. All right, all right. I mean, yeah. you know, whatever. Like I said, I'm not. I never said it was the greatest fucking movie. No, you in the didn't world. at all. You it's didn't a comic all. book movie, and I mean. It is a comedy. You know what I think it is? Speaking of shit, you know what I think it is is that I don't really, I'm not really into the Thor character at all. Well, you know what? I'll tell you one. The the one thing about Thor comics is this. I'm actually, I actually have a subscription to like the mighty Thor right now. Mm -hmm. And my thing is this. I like Thor, the character when he is in the Avengers but okay. just for and all that Asgard shit, 
I don't. It doesn't really do it for me, even in the comics. I want to see him like the Avengers are getting stomped by Ultron or something, and then Thor comes in and just fucking starts kicking ass, <laughs> or you know, shit like that. Uh, but I, I, you know, I don't like all that. You know, uh, like I said, I, 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 I don't, yeah, I don't like it either. And there's people that think it's better than Prometheus. Now I like Cat Dan Cat Dennings or whatever her name is. She's funny in this, and I like she's got big white milky tits. Milky and uh, and I like her better than what's her face. Natalie Portman was pretty hot in it though, so uh, I don't know. I didn't like the whole arc archaeology story, and I don't know. I guess, uh, it's, but it, it ties. Did you see Avengers? Not yet. That's my. It, that's, it ties uh, into that. I okay. mean, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. You'll see some of the same people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, Thor, I won't watch it again. Um, <laughs> unlike Captain America, I will watch that again. <laughs> um, and then I watched, before I went to bed last night, I watched Commando, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and I don't know that I've ever seen it. Um, it has been. Well, it you probably did, but you got up and peed. <laughs> it had been so long, at least, that I didn't remember it. Because there was there were parts where like, oh, I've seen this, like, and maybe I've watched it on YouTube. I don't know, like the you know the the climactic battle and uh, the you know Alyssa Milano getting rescued, like that kind of shit. I remember that stuff for whatever reason. I don't know if it's just that I knew it's about the really movie. It's a really dumb movie. Yeah, it's pretty dumb, but you it's know. entertaining. But it's dumber than shit. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I like when they're shooting and you can obviously things get blown up and you can obviously see cardboard cutout men falling. <laughs> I know. loved. I loved. He would just start firing a machine gun while it was still pointing at the ground. He'd be like, <laughs> like just start. He'd pull the trigger when it was still pointing down. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I forget. I totally. Did, I didn't know he cut a dude's arm off, which is pretty. <laughs> Pretty funny. It's, it was it's, 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 you know, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I, God, I've seen it a bunch of times. Yeah. So uh, it's on instant. So, um, yeah, pretty good. Uh, that was it. That's all I watched. <clears throat> so, ain't you fucking great? <sighs> trying to decide what to do first today. Why don't we do for what? What do we do first today? Why don't we? No, come, does it matter? Eh, no, let's co- let's come back and we'll uh, <laughs> review. How about Zardoz first? Okay, <laughs> we'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> hey everyone, this is Coffin John of V Cinema, the site that covers Asian film from cult to the classics. Join Josh of VariedCelluloid.net, Rufus of CineAwesome.com, and me on the V Cinema Show, a podcast that features Asian film discussions special guests, interviews, and live event coverage. Our podcast is published bi-weekly on Mondays. So check us out on vcinemashow.com or search us out on iTunes. Also join the discussion and fun by following us on Twitter at vcinemashow and joining us on our Facebook page, which is located at facebook.com slash vcinema. And, of course, check out our blog at vcinemashow.com for reviews, features, and interviews.
First movie of the day is Zaw Dolls from 1974. Um, directed by the previously mentioned John Borman, also written by John Borman of Deliverance fame, starring Sean Connery, Charlotte Rampling, and some other hippies. Um, in the far future, a savage trained only to kill finds a way into the community of bored immortals that alone preserves humanity's achievements. Yeah. So, Zom, um, you had seen this before. I hadn't. I took about three notes on this, and we can get into that, but maybe you I've should seen talk it lots about, of times. Maybe we should get into what you think before I start shitting Ripping on it. Ripping it up to shreds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie. <sighs> I'm serious, and oh. I didn't pick this either. You did. I know. I've never. You I, you know, I know it it's only on. from the photos, and now I know it from the movie. And I wish I knew it only from the photos. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yes. Um, okay, Zartosh. Um, well, let's see, people. Now, this movie is. Um, I'm going to say it's divisive. <laughs> I think if they made it today. Um, I think one of the reasons it's divisive, 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 um, there's a, a lot of people who haven't seen it uh, immediately see the pictures of Sean Connery in this red, like, jockstrap with bandoliers across his chest, and he's hairy and has a mustache and a ponytail and everything. And, you th- and they if, you think, that- if you think that is ridiculous... It's hard to like. I didn't even think about the fact that he was wearing this outfit the entire fucking movie. <laughs> but there's a lot of people. I mean, it's it's a it's a definite like a big like a uh, joke. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. every time somebody puts up that picture, it's like oh, you know. Or, okay, but I think that I mean that it was for the time. You're also talking about it's 1974. So if you watch like things like Logan's Run yeah, and yeah. other. Uh, sci-fi movies, they, they were very limited. And it, it, this reminded me, yeah, this is before Star Wars changed the game. Right. And there's, there's virtually zero special effects in this movie outside of the giant flying Zardoz head. It, it, there, there was a, a, a lot of it, if you've ever seen, I don't know if you've ever seen it or not, the TV show The Prisoner. Mm-mm. It's no. sort of the, the where they live and everything in The Prisoner. Um... I don't want to go into what the I mean this guy gets basically he's a secret agent he gets put on this island and everybody's walking around just you know like a society but if you try and escape there's this big bubble that comes through the air and it gets you and shit Oh you know you know what my my experience with this there was a they spoofed it on the Simpsons Okay the bubble thing because like there was all these like socialites living on an island in this bubble that would whatever, yeah, Did you yeah. watch that or did you get up and like Eating stuff while you're I, I went and jerked off in the other room. <laughs> so anyway, um, I like just watching this 
the other day. This. Accentuate my S's. Uh, just watching this the other day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking put like a mouthpiece in or something one of these days so I can't like hiss through my teeth. It's uh, better than me. I fucking lisp through mine. So. Yeah, especially on that video that you posted. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Um, this is a movie that when I watch it, and I have seen it several times, mm-hmm. I, and I watched, like I said, I watched it again the other day, I still it's to me it's still relevant today with the subject matter now yeah. all a lot of the visuals and a lot of the you know just the acting and so it, it looks to me like kind of like really low budget uh and and i think that in viewing it that can hurt it but I think that the story and what they're trying and the things that they're trying to say and get across are very relevant, mm-hmm. and and uh, and uh, it's thought provoking. Um, <sighs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you my my I can go ahead I can tell you my problem with it. Now I agree with that that as far as the sci-fi movie goes, um, it it has a brain. I I feel like and I don't throw this a word around very often. It's really fucking pretentious. It's like, I mean, it's arty for the sake of being it. And it's like vague and I don't know. And movies don't typically, I don't usually don't even, I'm not usually like sensitive to it because I like some douchey movies, but good Lord. Like I was just watching it like, come on, are you serious? Like, I mean, and again, I think, I don't know, this might've been Family Guy or Simpsons, another, another animated TV show clip, but I think it was a family guy. They were talking about a college movie that somebody did and it shows this like clown that was crying and making a pancake and flipping the pancake up in the air <laughs> and the pancake just like floats in midair. <laughs> this is exactly what I, I was like. Oh, please. Like the whole. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. And I was like, this is the guy that did deliverance. Squeal like a pig guy. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. No, we don't have to talk about it. Nah, we're done. <laughs> okay. Well, like, um, I am a huge Sean Connery fan, even though he – now, this is like um, my hypocritical double standard. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if he like beat his wife or anything, but I know that he said on the Barbara Walters thing at one time that uh, he found nothing wrong with slapping a woman across the face with his open hand if, <laughs> if she Jesus. was being uh, – uh, uh, not pretentious, but uh, – pragmatic or something i can't remember but and she was like i don't you know i don't really love that or whatever but i i just like sean connery i like him as an actor yeah and uh, so anyway um just being a sean a connery completist that's what you know i wanted to watch this um borman has a lot to say and 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 it can be you know seen as being pretentious and yeah Whatever, and i think but, that's that's where it's going to divide people because right. like you were saying the idea is good it's interesting but the way the thump, some of the stuff is presented, it's just like, I don't know. Everybody just, I felt like that movie was too good for me. Like, not too good, like in well made, but too good, like they're like smarter, trying to be smarter than it should have been or something, you know. Well, um, I, uh, one thing that particularly uh, struck me while watching it this time was, the um 
the relevance to a very um, a very uh, an event that just happened, which is the 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 shooting of you know in the in the schools and uh, right. in school where the kids got shot and the right, teacher right. And, all that, and that shit, and then uh, Zardoz basically going around and he is their the, the their god and saying the gun is good. You know, you are yeah. the chosen ones. The gun is good, and and the penis I, is evil. Yeah, but and, I, and the thing is, I see that in modern society right now, where we are. I mean, I was amazed at one time when I walked into a Walmart, which had sold shotguns and twenty-two rifles and and uh, and uh, like you know deer hunting guns, and in the case they had AK like three or four different models of these AK-47s or, or M4s or whatever, which are assault rifles. And then the, the, the culture of gun fetishism mm-hmm. that we see today. And like somebody posted the cartoon of after that horrific massacre of a, a, a parent, parent holding and hugging their child and to the other side of uh, the the other half of the picture was a guy on his knees just like that parent but he's holding and hugging his AR15 hmm. and so that really hit me i was like i can't believe that we picked this movie and it was right after this event and everybody's on there talking about gun control and or they're going to take our guns away and i want to protect my guns and the first thing i hear in this is the gun is good, and it's it was a pretty crazy looking scene. But you know, this giant—you see it on the poster, and you know, I, I like the masks that some of the uh, what do they call the the killer guys? The brutals. The, the brute. Well, the, I thought the, the, br- the brutals were who they were killing. Yeah, the exterminators. The exterminators, like their job was to kill, just like. Basically, it's the post-apocalypse, and there's people that are left in this outer world that looks like a wasteland. And they have these dudes, and the the exterminators are all, they all look like Sean Connery, basically. They're all, like, hairy. They all have the fucking bandoliers and the bikini bottoms and the tall boots and the ponytail and the mustache. And they just fucking just dump these guns. Now, this is a very nondescript place. Like, I guess it's Earth. They don't really say. But this Still head... Carolina. It was North Carolina, and this and this head, which I see already, which is kind of weird, but this giant head just floats around, and um, you know, dumps these massive amounts of guns. And this wizard basically is inside, yelling or using his boom mic or whatever he's doing, projecting his voice, and telling like, you know, hey guys, here's some guns, keep killing, you're doing good. And the guns just fucking rain out, and the guys are like the exterminators are just down below, just like dancing in this rain of of guns and bullets. But this takes this is 1974, and yeah, you know, in 1974, he is speaking about something that it's almost like a movie that has come to pass. Okay, you have this this wasteland, mm-hmm. and we are destroying our planet. Through mountaintop removal, through uh, this fracking shit, through global warming. I mean, within how many years could it possibly be that this is like this wasteland? <laughs> and then you and have these the assholes have, that are going to live in their little t- land. We still have assholes that are like guns, 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 violence, guns, guns, guns. And at the same time, these same assholes that are saying guns, 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 violence, uh, and all this shit are also telling you 
Jesus and their religion, you know, uh, fucking is bad. Uh, contraception is bad, uh, which is the penis is bad. You know, yep. it's only you should only do this. You should feel shame and guilt and blah 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 blah. So he's saying all this shit in this movie, and. It's supposed to be futuristic. Well, now it's present. It hasn't gone quite that far, but it's it's like it's on its way. And I'm getting my red jock strap because I, I'm doing uh, my gazelle and crunches, so I'll look good. Now why now now an example of the presentation of this movie, me not agreeing with it, why did they have to have the the wizard guy Zardoz or whatever his name was. Why did he have to have a fucking like goatee drawn on with a sharpie? Why not? Why why did they give just give him a beard? <laughs> because <laughs> it's in the future. It was a little thing, but it was a good example of like the aesthetics bothered you that much that you uh, rejected. Well, that that was just a that was just a small little sampling of just the issues with the film of what it didn't need to be. But it was just – it was weird and it was odd. I mean they also wore headdresses that were almost like Egyptian. And what I, the, what I felt like – And macrame shirts so the women's Egyptians didn't draw on their beards either. <laughs> they have. You but don't know that. They didn't have Sharpies. The, um, they had fucking the, – oh, I've seen – indigo those, ink. They have all kinds of shit all over their face. But all, and that black guy watched Ten Commandments. So all, all I could think about at times in this with the way people were acting – that you had to poop and that, that I had to poop and then leave the room without pausing brutal. it. Brutal. <laughs> no, that that I would I would just be I would be sitting there. I'm like, these people had to like seriously sit here and do this while there was a camera running and not feel like assholes. Like <laughs> I felt that a lot. Like there's a scene in particular where they're kind of punishing a guy psychically. And they're yeah. all sitting around a table, and all of these people are standing there, waggling their fingers at him, like, Ooh, and he's sitting there, like, trying to act like he's in pain, it's like leaning over, and it, everybody looked douchey. It was really getting on my nerves. Oh, my God. I was like, because I, I was just sitting there, like, all of these people are sitting Obviously, here. Obviously, this to... movie is in, an intellectual movie. <laughs> it's and, over my uh, head. I needed more explosions. I needed. <laughs> <laughs> if Michael Bay would have done this, you would have jacked off. Oh my god! I would, have, I would have. You would have jacked off <laughs> Okay, I thought the Zardoz heads sort of reminded me of Bruiser Brody, um, <laughs> yeah. which would have been cool. <laughs> yeah. You know what it looked um, like? It looked like. And now, how th- about this? What if all of the exterminators? Look like Bruiser Brody. <laughs> yes, they're yeah. all huge. The um, yeah. and then the, they went around and instead of like shooting people, they did MMA moves on them. MMA. <laughs> there was a there was a cartoon called Silverhawks in the eighties, um, and the main villain on it. I will post a picture of him. Um, his his like he had a face like sometimes he would just look like a dude, but then like he would flip over and like his he would have this evil face. But his one of his faces that he had look reminded me of that too. I'll post a picture of it on the group. So, um, let's see here. Dead air. One thing that I think that they, uh, another thing being a uh, an atheist fucking godless person that I am, um, they had a lot of a lot of the stuff that was going on, a lot of the commentary um, where 
Zardoz, you know, as because of you know who they are and everything being primitive and all this and that, uh, they worship him as a god. Um, and when when they get to the point of uh, worship him blindly, they just go along, right? Well, which is relevant yeah, today. Yeah. And uh, again, again, I'm very torn on this because the presentation of it, the the way that it was handed to me is what bothered me. The ideas of the movie are, are interesting. Well, the, the, um, uh, when they come to the realism or at least Connery. Now what, what, what is, uh, one thing that is, that they find is that Connery, uh, is not just your normal exterminator. He's not, uh, you're not, he's just not your normal human. Yeah. 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 Whether it's a brutal or an exterminator or whatever. I mean, uh, he is a mutant, so and, and um, but he when he finds out that his god is what he's being what he is being fed is a bullshit. Um, there comes a point in time where, and I know I felt this way when you're when you have been brainwashed and fed this uh, cult cultish like uh, shit as reality, and it is used as a as a form of control, which it is. And you shed that. Um, there, it is weird because it is almost like uh, uh, f- you almost feel like that. There's this weight off your back of shame, and mm-hmm. I mean, you you have a certain amount of that anyway, just as a, as a person, yeah. Uh, and what society allows and what they don't allow and everything. But it's like God, you know. Finally, I I, I feel like I've seen the light, and I've been fed a bunch of bullshit. Now, Zed. And that's another thing where Tarantino, you know, he takes little things from yeah, movies and yeah. puts them his, which was dead, baby. Um, Connery's name was Zed, and then in Pulp Fiction, yeah. you know, Zed. Um, let's see. At the beginning, is Connery a teabagger? At the beginning, he was <laughs> definitely. Yeah, because um, he didn't know better. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, and they don't either. They have been co-opted. Uh, let's see. Um, I already said the thing about the prisoner. Uh the and and another thing like um with with Zardoz and the people behind it, it almost reminded me of almost like the, the television set and uh and the evangelists that are feeding this bunch of bullshit mm-hmm. uh just out to the masses and then the, some of these people, whether it's Jimmy Swaggart or Ernest Ainsley or whoever, these TV evangelists, you know, you said how this the the, the guy that was behind Zardoz, what a douchebag he was and everything. Look at some of those people. Uh, yeah, and what yeah. Fucking weirdo, douchey. You know, when when you pull the when you pull the curtain back and see who's behind this this uh, great scam of religion, uh, you know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's see. Charlotte Rampling. I have a note that says Charlotte Rampling is hot. I have always liked her. Uh, when uh, uh, yeah. most of the stuff, I, she has this. Okay, you know, um, she doesn't. Ha- she's not like Marilyn Monroe, the the blonde with the big boobs, and you know, right. the this type of sexy thing. She just has this smoldering. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, just. She's she's beautiful, but she's more. I mean, there's something else there. It's uh, 
She just fucking is hot. <laughs> yeah, she well she's she's more like a model type as opposed to a you know, she's got you know, her she's a lot more waifish than right. most women that I would be drooling over and but you know, something about her has always been hot to me too. Um let's see. One thing that I liked um that they also kind of uh discussed is um the immortality question. And when I first saw this, one thing that really struck me and that stuck with me was, you know, people, people were always like, uh, you know, even in like uh, Blade Runner, Roy Batty saying, I want more time. And, you know, I want everybody wants more life. And even if you live to be a certain age, you'd still want that extra day, that extra minute or whatever. But um, you kind of see this today where uh, medis- medical, uh, and pharmaceuticals have allowed people to live into their 90s mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. even some even a little bit later than that. Uh, and what is your quality of life? And these people, that they, they have, through science and everything, they have become immortal. And this relates, goes back to another movie we watched, which was Groundhog Day, which if you live forever, right, right. how boring... <laughs> Your life becomes, and they are so bored, and then and the main and, disease becomes apathy, and you yeah, have these people that just stand there, right? And that's another, that's another thing that is re- relevant today, which is people just being apathetic. Mm-hmm. They sit there and they absorb what Zardoz or the TV or the internet or whatever shoves in their face, and they eat it up, consume, consume, yeah. consume, and they're so, apathetic. Everything that goes on around them, they're just like, eh, I don't give a so, shit. So you have, oh. these, you have these rich people that are immortal because they can afford to be, and Zardoz is their, is their god and their, um, and their, you know, their owner, basically, and his job, they're the different, you know, Zardoz sends out the flying heads to go out, and the executioners go around and kill the poor people, and they shovel... Uh, grain into the head so the head can go back to the rich people and make food for them. Yeah. And, 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 um, I did like, I did like Sean Connery's boner test. Yes. The boner (laughs) test was good. And, and, and that's one thing. Another thing that I liked is the, um, is how, Charlotte Rampling's character starts to become undone by because they 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 the the immortals are not sexual at all. They have lived so long that they're just bored with sex and well, they, they, yeah, they, they don't even know how to have sex. They don't they don't know anything anymore. about. It. And then here comes the fucking at the time uh was considered, you know, James Bond uh and, and you know Sean Connery was the epitome of macho male magnetism Mm -hmm. and she's sitting there and she's this ice queen who's just all about you know living in her mind she's this fucking hippie blah 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 and then this fucking macho ass hair and none none of the uh immortals at least the guys i don't know about the chicks in the bush area but they don't have any hair or anything and here comes sean it's like today where every all these guys these young guys are all shaving their chest and their bodies and like tyler durden said it's like the feminization of of the male in our society and then here comes fucking sean connery with his big swinging fucking hairy dick (laughs) and mustache and he's and she's just like 
she doesn't know what to think. And all of a sudden, you know, they do this test, and the test was hot. It would have gave me a boner uh, with the chick rubbing the soap all over Soapy her tits. tits and the mud wrestling. The but mud that, wrestling. That one fucking chick had some danglers, man. The one. Yeah, they, and 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 their uh, uh, brasiers did not exist in Zardoz land, <laughs> no. uh, which was awesome. Um, but then he shows up, and it would be, almost be like in the '60s if you had this hippie. Uh, uh, convent where all the girls are they're all sitting around dropping acid and smoking weed none of them are wearing bras they have mm. macrame shit on and flowers in their hair <laughs> and then here comes fucking like Joe Namath or something or Arnold Schwarzenegger and walks in he's this macho simple you know uh, uh, MMA guy <laughs> <laughs> and the girls are like Oh, he's just repulsive. He's just, he can't think. He just, he reads Sports Illustrated and all this stuff. But as soon as he pulls his dick out and they see his body, <laughs> nature kicks in and they're like, oh. Uh-huh. And she gets fucking bent. Yeah. And, uh, and she's, she's trying to fight it. And then she gets, she almost gets to the point where she wants to destroy him because he's making her pussy fucking tingle. Yeah. And uh, he gets a big boner while he's staring at her, which was hilarious. <laughs> and it was great because her reaction, they, they, they all, everybody else starts kind of looking and seeing what's happening. And she does not know what to do. Um, uh, hunting and killing is being one with God. Uh, let's see what else we got here. I took some notes. I was excited about this show. <laughs> uh, and your lack of excitement, it makes it even better. Uh, <laughs> They the, they had like a almost a, a mental. There was one scene where this one immortal, it was almost like he raped or molested a woman with his brain, and 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 uh, Zed, who is almost like a pet to this one guy, he says, you know, will he be punished for that? Well, the way they punish you is they age you. You still won't die, but then then they end up having like this whole bunch of old farts that are like old senior citizens but they can't die yeah they're, they're, just, they're just old and they just sit in a like an old folks home dancing and yeah. stuff wearing for, for some reason wearing tuxedos and let's see <laughs> and another uh, thing you know you have the elites uh, the apathetics and the brutals which is kind of like uh, the one percenters you know the middle class and the fucking morons that don't vote and shit um uh, the, you know, his the, the erection. She was explaining things about like, uh, or somebody was explaining, you know, about how humans get erections, and and uh, and uh, the, one of the main things that caused erections was violence and fear. Oh right, that goes to Max hardcore movies and. Uh, let's see. Flowers in her hair. I think that, um, well, yeah, I had a note down here about Zed's lost innocence uh, when he discovers all this and he discovers that everything that he's being fed. And I think that that's almost like an, an atheist uh, awakening from their God and their religion and, and setting, not, not reject, well, I guess rejecting it, but just kind of saying, hey, you know, I'm setting this aside like Santa Claus, you know. Yeah. And he's sort of like that, but he's very intelligent. Um, I like the ring thing. I thought that was funny when he found the ring and he would ask it questions and it would give answers and then he couldn't figure out how to shut it off and it kept saying the same thing so he put it on. That was kind of a cool, I liked that scene because the ring kept talking and like you see the eyeball on his head like almost like the moment when he's waking up. Um, the whole like, you know, mind's eye thing. 
Um, that, that, that was a pretty cool scene. How the you know because it kept it was, the ring was trying to display an image like a projector or something on the wall, and said so he's trying to turn it off by like hiding it and stuff. So I have a note here that says Zed cannot be stopped. Uh, he is a he is the male erection, uh, <laughs> and he's and he must be you know whatever. Um, there was one scene where Zed is running away, and he all he has on is that red like a uh, fucking diaper thing, and he goes sliding on his ass down this hillside. And I don't <laughs> know if that was Sean Connery or not, but it was like I mean it was somebody doing, and that would have to fucking hurt. Yeah, or you know give chafe or something. Um, Oh, Zed is not a girl. I wrote that down because there's one scene where they're disguising him and he's dressed like a bride. Like oh, right, right. And the guy says something about, you look lovely, my dear, or something. Uh, see, um, that, that part with that dude, just that, that was another, I just, they just lost me. Yeah. Well, now, and I think that um, one thing that, another statement that they made was, um, or that a conclusion that, and like I said, with any kind of art or something like that, you bring your own thing to it and your own interpretation, is that um, even though we fear death, um, death is a part of life. It's what it's an inevitable conclusion, and without without it, you it becomes almost like nothingness. Nothing really means anything. There, there's there because there is. That lingering over your head and that immediacy, uh, even if it might be your death might come 30 years from now, it's still there. It's still there all the time. It, it's it, You don't know. You don't know if it's going to be tomorrow. You don't know if it's going to be 30 years from now. And um, I think it, it kind of comes to that conclusion that um, – when you're poor and you're well, I think it's it was you know it's that between the haves and the have not have nots in this, and that when you're poor and you're struggling day to day, you know death is a lot closer. And well, being be superior, um, it's almost like the 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 one percenters that if they had a billion dollars, they want two billion. They want to squeeze every penny, and but in that. It, there's nothingness because there, and if you, you know, like a, whether it's a Buddhist thing or a, or any some kind of religious thing, um, to not have they they because they were superior, they their conc- logical conclusion was to live forever, to be the most powerful, to rule, and all this and that, and but in that there was nothing. They ended up with nothing but emptiness. They didn't live, and without death, then they're you know what does the meaning? What's does life have any meaning? And with Rampling and Connery breaking down those barriers, and the people start fucking and eating each other's pussies and sucking each other's <laughs> dicks and feeling stuff and falling in love, and then you're together and, you know, whatever. Um, it is a pretentious movie, yes, but there's a lot of stuff in there. And I can see where people are are turned off by, um, I think, some of the acting is uh, – some of the characters, some of the actings, the costumes and stuff like that. It's a douchey movie to look at. Yeah. But in that – and it is pretentious – because Borman's throwing all this shit in there and hitting you over the head with it and stuff like that. But I just, 
look at it, and like I said, even just watching it this time, with just this very time we're living in at this moment, there's things that have cropped up that are very relevant to what's in there. So I thought that was interesting. So I mean, this is a kind of a movie that they would sh- that I think they could show in like a college class and then just sit there and talk about the, like a social the themes social of it studies class or you know social or uh, humanities class right, or something right. like that. But it is an it's an artsy fartsy movie. I, and and I was surprised by that. And maybe in the middle of it, swinging his big hairy dick. <laughs> and may, maybe that is, um, maybe you know, maybe I've run into that whole thing of where I you know I complain about it of going in expecting one thing and when I get another it pisses me off. But I mean that said, I still think that it's a failure of a movie with. Uh, with a very good intention, at least from a certain point of view. Um, I, you know, the, the, the ideas, like I said, that were presented were interesting and it was just, I had constant speed bumps as I would start to be like, Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. Like the way it started already turned me off. Like I said, the Sharpie go, the Sharpie goatee. I cannot believe that you would let something that fucking, well, I mean, little. it's just it's, it's, just, so it's a little example. It's, the whole thing. It's like it's like if you if somebody put uh, a Picasso up on the wall and you would be like, "There's a fucking scratch in that frame." <laughs> well, I mean, I'm like, not trying to be I'm not trying to be condescending, but no, I know, that, I know. Is that that bad? <laughs> no, well, that's not that bad, but that was how it started, and that's like, oh, that's what they're going to give me is this guy being, you know, kind of silly, and I was like, okay. Oh, Okay, and I was like, "Well, maybe it's that." And then, then we get this wizard head fucking flying around, th- vomiting guns onto people. And I was like, "All right, this is pretty cool." And then it started; it went into utopia. I'm like, "Oh shit!" You know, these people are d- do shit. I don't know. It was a constant back and forth, and I just kept every time I would start to get into it, something they else would hippies. You should have embraced them. <laughs> now look at here. Okay, being a progressive liberal atheist hippie. Uh-huh. The parts that you liked the best were the that big head going around vomiting out guns <laughs> and the violets, but the utopia part where they're all in peace and harmony. You fucking hated. That. Well, they're not peace and harmony. Everybody hated each other, and I don't. <laughs> and they acted like assholes. It was like horror hound. They didn't have a podcast to bitch about it. Laughter of the fact. Yeah, that's true. Um. Which know. one was Justin Oberholzer? The guy with the drawn on <laughs> beard. <laughs> no, he was uh he was I don't know who he would have been. He was probably just one of the dudes at the table wagging his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking finger waggler. Finger waggler. <sighs> this is a very divisive movie. It, it is. has divided Silva from the gold. <laughs> well, why don't we score it? Because I don't really have anything else to say about it. <laughs> I, I I'll tell you another thing about the style of it, which you hated, um, is the, the and I this is an overused term by me, but it is a um, well I can't even remember what the overused term is now. <laughs> it's it's a it's like a microcosm or a uh, okay. what do you call it when you put all the shit in from a generation in a in a it's a time capsule. There you go. It's a time capsule because it does remind me of some of those late sixties, early seventies sci fi things where they tried to 
to make things futuristic and mm-hmm. it does look douchey and cheap and everything. Um, I would rate this. Seven point seven five. Okay, um, I give it a four, but if it weren't for the fact that I was into the themes of it, it would have right. been like a two. It all well. What I was going to say when I rated it was, and I almost literally came out and said this. I I could almost rate this, have two ratings for this, and the the visuals and how they you know how it was presented. I could I would maybe say it would maybe even be in the fours somewhere, but then with what they were talking about and everything, yeah, uh, and what they were trying to say, maybe eight to eight point two five, and then put that together. If the message was lost on me, equation I can't explain. If the if the message of the film were lost on me, this would be a failure of a movie for me. Could they make this today? And say you take uh, not Michael Bay, but I mean actually somebody that was Darren Aronofsky. This could be made a different way and be much more, much more interesting for me to watch. Because, and like I said, when I say it's what it looks like, I watch fucking you know that movie that you rated like a one that had the fucking mutant monkeys and fish in it from the. I'm I'm fine with the way the movie looks like appearance wise it's just that it felt like it was just like and to use a british term taking the piss sometimes like and and well like you said the well like we were saying the you know the sharpie mustache go go to go back to that again it's just an example of kind of like you know thumbing your nose at it all and it's like i don't know it's just something about some of the way the 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 shot the scenes were shot the way that the way that the message was given to me is the part that I had issue with in that it felt well pretentious. It felt, I don't know. I don't know. Thor better. Uh, Thor. I enjoyed Thor more than this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, I mean, you know, we beat Zardoz. I'd like to see, I would like to see Zardoz remade and be a little grittier because this is a gritty story and they make it kind of hippie and it's not, it doesn't need to be. You hate hippies. You hate yourself. I See, hate you have found something in this movie. I don't. I don't think I'm a hippie. You have to, enlightenment. Oh my God, you're not a fuck. Oh, uh, Buddhism. Vegetarian I fucking Buddhist. don't eat meat. I fucking smoke <laughs> fucking weed. Let's see what else. Uh, I like fucking. Uh, you know, uh, give me a break. I'm not about the free love and like that kind of stuff, though. Dude. Aren't Dude. You- <laughs> Face it, you may be a hipster, but one part of the word hipster is hip. Hip, hip yeah, cool, e. man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Zardoz, you look into the abyss, and you and the abyss looks into you. And it was a big, stinky butthole. And as I'm looking at Zed, and I'm looking at my hairy fucking gut, and my shotgun sitting over there in the corner, ugh, I want to just jack off on Charlotte Rampling's asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, while shooting an AR-15 into the ceiling. Um, let's take a break and come back. <laughs> God, it's good. The penis is bad. The penis is bad. Let's uh, let's come back and My review. My penis is very bad. Minnie and Moskowitz. We'll be right back. It knows no shame. <laughs> we'll be right back. 
Are you tired of the same old pop culture podcast? Do you listen to those other podcasts and think to yourself, why aren't they talking about the things I'm interested in? Hi, I'm Reverend Scott, and when I want to listen to a couple of guys with their appendages on the pulse of pop culture, Penis. I listen to the Are You Serious podcast. Hear news about politics and religion where hosts Chris and Frank ask the tough questions. You woke up with a cock in your mouth. Would you take it or leave it? Yeah, exactly. How big is the cock? <laughs> You'll hear entertainment news about your favorite movies and TV shows, plus plain old wholesome discussion about the lives of Chris and Frank. I mean, now I am, like, tattooed. It's weird. It's like I've... I guess I should explain what I got. Yeah. It's three swastikas. Each one interconnected. <laughs> to look like a smiley face. And on my left arm is cock and balls. And you notice I looked at my right Character arm. Character from an old that. Disney film. It's the prequel to Song of the South. Exactly. No, I have it's um, called Song of the Cock and Balls. <laughs> it sounds like this. So when you think pop culture podcast, remember this. What's that thing between the dick and the asshole? The Are You Serious Podcast on iTunes or areyouseriouspodcast.com. again uh second movie of the evening or of the day whenever you're listening uh minnie moskowitz from 1971 uh directed by john cassavetes starring gina rollins and seymour cassell zom would you like to synopsize i will synopsize <laughs> it's a tough one minnie moskowitz a museum curator falls in love with a crazy parking attendant <laughs> that was short and sweet. You lucked out. Just like Moskowitz. <laughs> so, what, um, I'll go ahead and say, what works for me in this film is the is Seymour Cassell seems like he's being himself. Um, he's even named Seymour, and he's pretty fucking entertaining. Just like Sean Connery in the previous movie, he's got a crazy long ponytail, and his fucking mustache is out of control. It makes your mustache look like um, my dick compared to John Holmes's dick. It's embarrassing how good his mustache is compared to mine. Um, it's fucking huge. Yes, it, it is. It almost wraps the ends, the tips. He, he could almost put in his ear holes. He can pro- He can definitely chew like chew his mustache on his molars. Like he can yes. get that hair all the way back in his mouth. I guarantee it. Um, you were not joking. That was a fucking stash and a half. That's a giant for that. That, I mean, I want okay. Now I wonder how long it would take to get it that long. It, it depends on the person because for me, my mine kind of stops growing where it is. I can't really yeah. get it much longer, but there's a guy that comes in the store sometimes and this dude, no joke. Like, if it, if it weren't curled up, you could grab that mustache with your fists on both sides and there would be hair coming out of the other side of your fist. And he said it took him like a year to grow it. Wow. 
So I think it just depends. So maybe yeah. maybe maybe Seymour Cassell just has a fucking crazy uh, facial hair gene. So, yeah. Um, he did have a. He's always had a great head of hair. So maybe he's just a hairy man. Who knows? He's still around. I haven't seen him in much lately, but um, yeah, he's been in still. He's been in quite a bit of stuff. It's surprising. I haven't seen him hardly in anything, but I guess it's a little small stuff. Pete Smalls is dead. Free Runner, Silver Case, Booster. I've not heard of any of these. But um, mm. this is um, no. He he for some and in, in, at times in this he made me think of Richard Farnsworth too. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, it, they got a similar shape. Like they look like they might be missing dentures or something. <laughs> a lot of the time they're like their lips kind of like like angle into their mouth. Um, that might be what it was. And then and the, of course the giant mustache, but um. What this is more than anything is kind of a a character study of two piece of two people. Um, not a lot in the way of plot outside of these two people kind of getting to know each other in a very abnormal kind of way. And maybe it's normal. It's abnormal as far as movies go. As far as movie conventions go, this I mean, this actually surprised me a few times because you know, when you read the plot, you know, Museum of Creator falls in love with a crazy that's very basic and actually how it starts. She really like for the whole movie just kind of fucking doesn't want anything to do with him. And it's not even that he chases her. It's just that he's kind of nutty and he just keeps happening to end up where she is or following her around. And what I like about it is that he's not just all like, Oh, I love you. And she's like, leave me alone. It's more like, he keeps calling her on her shit and just yells at her. And yells a lot. <laughs> he yells a lot. Um, he he also orders hot dogs and beer and coffee all on the same tab, which is pretty disgusting. That sounds like a loaf thing. It does. If it was a veggie hot dog, you fucking hit me. <laughs> oh, I, w- I would eat. I, I miss hot dogs. We had fucking, oh my God, what was it we had? They had bre- uh, we had bacon at breakfast the other morning, and the fucking plate was sitting right beside me. And you don't know how bad I just wanted to be- just eat the whole fucking plate of bacon. Um, but uh, the we we get we get introduced to no, I guess I can talk about Cassavetes a little bit. This I think this is the first Cassavetes film that I've that I've seen. Um, he acted in a lot more stuff, obviously, than he. Then he directed, I mean, you know, Dirty Dozen, stuff like that. But I don't know that I've seen any of the films that he directed outside of this one. So I don't, I don't really have a lot to compare it to as far as direction style. Like he did China, Killing of a Chinese Bookie, which I know the name of. Um, and Big Trouble, which I don't think is very highly regarded, but I've heard of. Um, I hope Beverly D'Angelo shows her tits in that one. Ah. Yeah, she's ooh, she was a good looking lady. Um, so, so the way the way it's kind of and it, and it's and it's handled well because you you learn about these people as it goes along, and at first you're kind of annoyed by him because he is that guy that when you're sitting in the bar with your friends, he comes in and starts just acting like an asshole, and you're like, oh god, what the fuck is his problem? And he does that. He just walks into the bar like at Horror Hound. He gives you J and B and then laughs when you're sick later. 
And <laughs> wait, well, wrong guy. What? Um, but it's very uncomfortable because he just goes around this bar and he's like, I know you, like yelling in these women's faces. And even if he does, I don't even know if he knows them or not. And they're, they're nah, you know, he's just fucking obnoxious drunk. Yeah. And um, he knew because he said that to everybody. And it's, it was very uncomfortable because it was kind of claustrophobic, too, because the way it was shot is very like the, the camera's like weaving into people and you can almost feel their shoulders bumping into the camera itself. And um, he goes, well, that's one the place. one thing about like Cassavetti style uh-huh. is you see, that's what I don't have anything to compare to the, the um. Uh, like I've seen the movie Husbands with him and Peter Falk and Ben Gazzara, uh, and 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 what the, what it reminded me of even watching this is and and this is kind of a, a weird comparison, but it's like when I first watched um, My Breakfast with Blassie with uh, Andy Kaufman and Fred Blassie. Yes. Okay, I knew there was a camera there, and I knew that Blassie and Kaufman were kind of riffing because the camera was there but I thought that all the other people in the diner were like real people just there oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then after the, when the thing was over and they started saying this woman played the waitress this woman played the one girl at the table this guy played this, this. and I'm like holy shit everybody in this was an actor and that's Cassavetti's movies it seems like you know he was very into, you know, spontaneity and yeah. um, and now the, he did state like everything was not improved. Okay, but I think what, when I watched the Criterion for Rosemary's Baby, they said that he and Roman Polanski really didn't get along because Roman Polanski was all about you know he was uh, a even though he was different, um, the his um. He still was like, okay, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. It was it was like an old school Hollywood actor. Uh, I want you to do this, 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 and this. Whereas Cassavetes, when he made his movies, there was a lot of people that thought that they just improbbed everything. And he said, no, we did have a script. But they used the script, to me, what it seems like from watching his movies, they used the script as almost like a, an outline or a right, structure. Right, 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 right. But then if it said, okay, Seymour says, um, let's go and have a hot dog. Let's, I'm going to take you to go have a hot dog, blah, 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 blah. Seymour Casal might say, well, you know, hey, how about we go and, and get a hot dog and some beer, and I want a cup of coffee, and boy, I'd like to eat a piece of pie with you or something like that. And, and he, he – because Cassavetes loved that, and that's what he wanted to do in Rosemary's Baby. And Polanski was like, you know, I don't want to – I want you to say this. I want you to do this. Right. And um, But it's weird because to me the movie is – okay, you have the story. You have Minnie and you have Seymour and what happens with them. But the, the spectacle of it is not – we're, I'm going to start here, and I'm going to take you, to, and the destination is going to end here. Right, right. It's just like you're just there, and you're just watching, and it's like you're a fly on a wall in these people's lives, and it's not. I mean, it, it there is just banal fucking conversation, and and just people. Just being people, mm-hmm. and that's why uh, you know some people. You know, they, some people say you know Castavides was a genius. He was um, one of the first um, 
uh, indie movie guys right. that would just get there. He wanted to experiment and do this. He'd have his friends come over and say, we're going to make a movie. And uh, now I like when I watched Husbands and then t- to some extent with this one. And then like Will said, you know, if Show Show reviewed this and they how they felt about it and everything. When I, when I didn't know what it was to start with and I expected bam, 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 mm-hmm. Hollywood structure, dialogue entertainment and everything I kind of feel like it's almost it's almost like uh, abstract art or something yeah and the, and it's 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 portrayed very realistically you get you f- you feel like now if you do know people like Minnie or like Seymour then I probably feel sorry for you because they're both kind of annoying people, but it doesn't judge them in any way. Like we're not, we're not told or we're not really like, we don't, we don't have music like sappy music. We don't, we're not, we're not led one way or another with right. what we should feel about them. We're just kind of presented them and you root for them. But at the same time, you're like, oh, these, you know, she's, yeah. she's, she's kind of she's very she, fucked. Diverse. She's painfully depressed. Yeah. Like, you know, one of those people and he is loud and he, you Rude know, just and weird just kind of, and, and kind of, he's he's a little off. And he's like from the other side of the tracks. It's it's one of those deals too. That someone else could have taken this story and just made a, a I don't know if I want to say a, uh, well, a classic rom com, yeah, or just a classic romance movie. Rich woman, blah 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 blah. She's depressed. She's down. She's got her fuck fuck ups. And he's the, the guy from the other side of the tracks, and and just it would be very simple. It would be very basic, and not to me, not very interesting. Yeah. Now, I, like what I was saying earlier, I like the way that the characters are introduced because you you hit you you get Seymour, and he seems like a just total asshole at first, but then you you know he goes home, and his fucking mom is just off her rocker. You know, she's complaining. He brings her flowers, and all she does is complain about them being too big, and that she doesn't have a vase for them. <laughs> she was funny, and he's like, "I gotta go. To, I'm going to California." And then you get Minnie, who is drinking with this old lady that she, I guess, works with. She works with her, and she's depressed. Like, it's like the ho hum. Life isn't like the movies. But then you know, you're like, "Oh, fucking another cliche." And then it kind of unfolds her, and you have this guy fucking slapping her around out of nowhere. That was Cassavetes. <laughs> oh, that was okay. That was John Cassavetes, and then of course they're married. That's in real life. That okay, Jenna Rollins is his wife. So. And he, but I mean, that was awful. I hated that. I mean, well, he smacked the piss I, out of her. And I don't think I don't want to say I hated it because it was a bad scene. It was just it, uh, but it was a bad scene. Uh, I I I hate, and I've said this before on the show, like you know. It's done in a good way because it showed realistic like domestic violence and people being drunk and and that, and it was just so awful. Right. And well, he's like, "You just stay stay right there. Don't move." And to add and another just, wrinkle to it. And then he, come back and just switch up. Yeah. Well, he well, the add the wrinkle to it. I assumed immediately that that was her husband and that he's like she's been out drinking and he's pissed. And you know, not that not that being married gives you license to hit somebody, but you know, it's more expected that familiar familiarity of you know spousal abuse as opposed to just like a mistress or whatever yeah. getting hit or, you know this dude goes home to his wife and kids after beating up his like that, girlfriend yes, and, his fucking, and that's uh, 
that's another thing that was just kind of um it was ugly mm-hmm. and it was horrible but it was real because i know people that would do shit like i mean i'm not saying i know people that well i mean i do know some guys that have smacked around their wives stuff but i'm saying that um like you said if it would have been just a hollywood movie it would have been she comes home she's up been out drinking her husband pissed off and he smacks her around or whatever yeah. but it was real because when he I thought, like you, I thought that was her husband. And yeah. I was like, oh, Cassavetti's playing her husband, and he's her husband. And then the next thing you know, he goes home, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Who the fuck's this woman? <laughs> and who are these little kids? You know, it was just gross. It was just so nasty. And he – Fucking now, asshole. As she starts to unfold, you see that, I mean, she's just one of these women that no matter what she does, she ends up just bringing out the angry in people. Like no matter what, she's getting. She just gets these losers drawn to her, and I guess in a way, Seymour's one of these losers. Except that, I mean, I think even he like slaps her once, doesn't he? Yeah, and <laughs> by accident, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> right in the mouth. That was like a three stooges moment. But anyway, that's young. But I mean, she goes on a date with this fat dude named Zelmo, who fucking looks like a '70s used car salesman. Salesman, but he's talking about Shakespeare and stuff, and like. I mean, within 10 minutes of them being on a date, he's yelling at her and, like, driving off in the parking lot, calling well, her a whore. How he, um, he was just, okay, he was so desperate. <laughs> and then he's projecting because he just met her. He just sat down. They'd only been sitting there for a minute. He just, you know, I love how you are. I love, your hands are so delicate. I love your hair. You're, and and you, 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 you love to laugh. I can, you, you're just that guy. And it's like, dude, <laughs> you don't even know her. You sit, you, and the, guy, the guy that played that part uh, was just excellent in it because uh, you know, he was just so – you could just tell he was so desperate. And, mm-hmm. so, and she was very much out of his league. This was a setup. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like one of her friends says, "Oh, I know somebody I can set you up." What a fucking horrible blind date! Oh, Jesus God. fucking Christ! And his name was Zelmo too. So. Yeah, <laughs> the only Zelmo other than that that I knew was Zelmo Zale on Mash. He was an <laughs> eye gouger. So he was going to fight Klinger one time. But um, <laughs> now this is you know we get the the intersection of Minnie and Seymour now, and this is when you. You know, really expect I expected them anyway to just hit it off because he mm-hmm. kind of rescues her from the situation, and I thought, oh, I'm just gonna run away together now. Yeah. And, but no, it doesn't happen at all. <laughs> he just like he's yelling at her in the car, and she he makes her pull out a hanky out of his back pocket because he's been punched in the mouth, and like when she and he got pissed. I mean, he was <laughs> kind of abusive to her at first. He's like, you stay right there, you know, whatever, yeah. and uh, you know, get this out. Don't you fucking move, or I'll swear to God, I'll fucking drill you. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, and he, I mean, she he gets her to pull a a hanky out of his back pocket and when she does she just like throws it and says yuck <laughs> and, uh, he had his big mustache boogers on oh god it's impossible to blow your nose with a mustache by the way that, that shit like more of, more of it ends up in your stash than on the you tissue you just have to wring out your stash yeah pretty much or just lick it just ring it um the uh <laughs> it's funny that I said that because my next note is ordering drinks and all I can think about is how the hell he drinks anything through that soup strainer <laughs> Yeah. Um, now, did you notice they they passed a Burt Lancaster movie? And I know you've been on a Lancaster. Uh, Lancaster. Uh, 
kick lately. Did you notice what movie it was? They drove past a Burt Lancaster movie uh, at the theater. I couldn't tell. I couldn't. The, the font was very distinct, but I didn't know what movie it was. So, um, but Seymour has some great lines in it. Like, uh, you know, I like his wisdom, and and it takes it. It's you start to see that it's taking a guy like him to put up with her, mm-hmm. because you know she needs somebody that gives her shit. Um, not hitting her in the face, but somebody that'll call her out, not just like, you know, talk, tell her she's beautiful and stuff like that. You know, but, and he, you know, he, he has, he's crazy enough to where her shit, like just kind of like bounces off of him and he keeps going back. Right. And that's what works about him. It's a weird dynamic between them. And it just, it, it just keeps, she, she, she has, she needs somebody to break down these walls mm-hmm. because she has erected this, uh, she has this this uh this thing about um, bogey. Yeah, watching these and, and there was a couple different times where they talked about old movies and um um the the how movies and TV and stuff like that give an unrealistic portrayal for people to shoot for. Mm-hmm. And in that, okay, she she's she's fallen into this this trap of okay, she's hooked up with this married guy, which I'm sure he's stringing her along and giving her a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, she she's fucked up because of that uh, situation. So and she and she's almost stuck in it in her own way. But then she's looking for. You know, she keeps talking about there's no Humphrey Bogart, there's no Charles Boyer, I've never met one, and that's supposedly what you know you're supposed to shoot for and everything. And then here comes the sh- uh, schlub, who is you know, he's crude hairy. and <laughs> hairy, and he's like a little troll or whatever. Um, but I think that she has almost like doomed herself. She has decided, okay, I'm with this married guy. Uh, this is all I'm good for. I'm never going to meet this. Uh, uh, you know, she's waiting for, even if, even though she's saying, you know, there's no real Charles Boyer. There's no real Bogart. There's no real uh, Cary Grant. Mm-hmm. But in a way, it's like, okay, well, I'm with this married guy, and this is what my life is, and this is what it's going to be. And But she won't give – it's like she's not going to give anybody a chance unless they were Cary Grant. Right, and it's right. just this really stupid you know, thing or stupid way to think or whatever. But um, I will say this. She fucking turned my crank. <laughs> she was a good-looking lady. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I just watched this porno movie, this old 70s <laughs> porno movie, and I had seen it a long time ago, and they have it in its entirety. I actually posted it on our um, – I think I did on our uh, – well, I posted the poster on Facebook, but I think I may have even said it on on the um, the um, forum that we have, yeah. the Dirty Forum. Um, but it's called like uh, it, they used to have these porno movies called like it would either be Inside Desiree Cousteau or Deep Inside Seika or something like that. And this one was, I think, Inside Jennifer Wells, and she kind of had the same look. She was a milf. Uh, in the 70s and had the hair, the blonde hair like that. God damn. I mean, I'm telling you what, I was watching this and I was like, man, she's fucking hot. I'd love to find find a used up drunk uh, bar fly that looked like that. And she she hid behind, like, I don't know if it it was like a, um, 
Okay. Uh, a safety like- safety mechanism or whatever that she or, or uh, a defense mechanism where she wore sunglasses all the time. Those big sunglasses. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like she was wearing a disguise or something mm-hmm. because okay. she'd wear them. Even when they were in the restaurant with the 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 mothers, and she has these big, I mean, then they're just black, like dark. Yeah, but yeah. She she's just like a used up old <clears throat> movie star, you know. Yep. She's she's glamorous. You can tell she 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 could be or was like just this beauty at one time and just glamorous and maybe a almost like, like a, movie star good looks, but just kind of used up. Like Faye Dunaway in Barfly. Speaking of Barfly, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, oh, although she fucked was, the shit out of her. She was a little crazy though. Um, uh, that's all I get. But I, I like uh, I, <laughs> I liked uh, Seymour's lines at this part where he, you know, he says, you know, if you think you're you think of yourself as funny, you become tragic. Like you're thinking about being funny all the time, and then you, you know, then you're not at all. Um, you know, I I, I talk about everything except what I want to talk about. <laughs> because <laughs> she points out that all he ever talks about is and this is why she likes him all you talk about is like is like uh practical things like money your car and like one other thing and he's like i talk about everything except what i want to talk about <laughs> and uh after he spills food on himself i was like i usually he's, he's pissed at her because he's dropped chili on his lap and this had to be an improvised part when they're eating at the you know, he's like, well, I don't know what the hell you want. He orders chili beans, and the fuck else does he get? A hot dog and chili beans, and she gets a malted, and he get, automatically, he's pissed at the lady doing it. He's like, give her a fucking, you know, cho- uh, vanilla malted with chocolate syrup, not a vault chocolate malted with vanilla syrup. Like, like she, he's, he's like, these people don't listen. Like, she, the lady had no, no indication at all that she was going to fuck up the order, <laughs> and he was yeah. already angry. Then he drops chili beans on himself and gets pissed at her. He's like, I usually eat alone. In fact, I usually eat in my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, they, as she starts to break down, you know, I, I like the more and more she starts acting, you know, like a normal person around him. But I thought it was funny when he starts carrying her and he can't decide which way he wants to go. And he's like walking in circles almost in their living room. Um, but the dynamic just works with them. They're, you know, they're both pretty damn annoying people on their own, but their their shit just kind of like cancels each other out almost. Yeah. Where yeah. you kind of root for them, um, you know. She pushes them away constantly. She said, "You know, look at this face. Like, I can't. I'm th- this isn't the face I'm supposed to fall in love with." You know, and he's sitting there telling her, "He's like, I can't help it. Like, and it's not yeah. romantic the way he's putting it at all. He's like, I'm always gonna love you no matter what you it's look like, like, no matter uh, how old you are." What was the 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 animated uh, movie about the dogs and the ones the pure breed cocker spaniel and the other ones the the males oh, uh, of yeah, the the tra- uh, uh, lady in the train lady in the train this is what this is <laughs> lady in the, yeah it is and he um, is of mutt for sure definitely yeah and then the whole the whole part now honestly I probably could have been left without the the way the movie ended um, I you know the ultimate too, resolution too, it, it, do you think it was too um, uh, you know uh, cliche or whatever maybe, maybe but the uh, just the whole like final part even with the mom's meeting i didn't really i was like eh i did like when he was like you know when when you get together with uh, in-laws or whatever or they meet your your significant other and they say shit that just fucking embarrasses that and he was <laughs> like shit ma shit because <laughs> his mother was just like 
He's a fu- he's a bum. He has yeah. no ambition. He's 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 a fucking loser. Look at you. Look at her. Look at your daughter. She's so beautiful. She's so refined. And he, look at him. He's a bum. I mean, he's my son. I love him, but he's a fucking a, a, a goof. He's a bum. He's oh yeah. And he he works at car parker. And he's like shit, Mark. He's like his mother's sitting there blowing it for him. Yeah, his ambition, doesn't give a shit. His ambition is not to park cars at a restaurant, but instead <laughs> park cars at a bigger place where the yeah, nice big place. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what is, well, we can hear what your notes are. Okay. Oh, I thought that um, uh, even, you know, we, we talked, we have talked at somewhat at length about his mustache, but man, he had some fucking nice hair. Oh, his yes. hair was as pretty as her hair. Uh, he had triple H hair. Um, it kind of hurt me a little bit how he treats his, I won't put, I won't spoil the scene, but how he treats yeah. his mustache at one point. I was like, oh, and then, uh, yeah. <laughs> Did, you were like, oh. <laughs> no. um, let's see. Um, now there was one scene in this, and uh, this is a a, 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 a GM, G, a, a GMTC GMTRF uh, yeah. uh, a, a favorite of theirs. Uh, Tim Carey is in this movie, and uh, my God, does he look like shit? He is. He looks <laughs> like the like he is such a bad alcohol. Now I don't know if it was makeup or not. Who was he? But, he was the guy that at the beginning, when Seymour goes into the diner and he said, Oh my God, side, that was him? Oh my God, he looked like uh, shit. Oh, he looked like a, the worst alcoholic. Like he had cirrhosis and his, coming, his skin just looked like shit. Mm. Uh, and, and he was a, kind of a crazy drunk guy. And um, uh, he's in the movie. And I'm telling you what, that shit all had to be ad libbed because there was no way yeah, yeah. that anybody wrote all the 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 crazy mess that came out of his fucking mouth and seymour is just kind of like it's like if you if you went into a, a a diner or something that say um uh you know after hours maybe i don't know uh three in the morning or something like that after you leave the bar and you go in to get some, like a hot dog or something to eat or whatever and there's a guy sitting there and he's drunk and he might be the town drunk, like Otis or something from right. Andy Griffith. And he just starts talking. So Seymour's the kind of guy that instead of just kind of getting up and going sitting somewhere else, he starts kind of, you know, I'm sitting here by myself, so I'll humor the guy and start talking to him. But, no, you know, Carrie was just, he was real aggressive. And he was like, you know, my wife died. Did I tell you that already? And um, and, and Seymour would be like, hey, do you, you know, try and start a conversation with him. Hey, do you like movies? I don't like any of that shit, you know. <laughs> I'm not interested in that. Why would I be interested? And just, you know, it was just, there was no, and he, he kept trying to get, he got mad one time, but then it was kind of like, okay, well, this guy's drunk and everything. So that was kind of a cool scene, but goddamn, Tim Carey looked like shit. Um, Big time. Let's see. Seymour, actually, I mean, he was, like I said, they had that kind of thing about the old movies because he was telling Tim Carey, hey, I just went and saw, Bo- do you like Humphrey Bogart? I just went and saw him. And uh, Humphrey Bogart and Tim Carey goes, I don't like any of that shit. I only like one actor, Wallace Beery, who was this like fat guy who made kind of like B-grade movies like Pancho Villa and wrestling movies and stuff like that back in the 40s or 30s. Um uh, the, the, uh, there were several times in this movie, and this must you know just been like a Cassavetes thing, where he would do these really quick cuts. I mean, they'd be in mid sentence, and he'd cut to another scene. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know if that's just the editing or or what. Um, 
I put down Minnie said, what did you put in that wire? In that wire? Minnie Spunky, what did you put in that wire? Well, I know she got shit-faced drunk uh, with some old woman. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it's wine. Yeah, oh, that wine. Yeah, okay. Well, I was laying on the couch, and, and I was like drifting off to sleep, and I was trying to reach over and write in the dark. Yeah, what did you put in that wine? That was when she, she was getting drunk with like this woman friend of hers. Yeah, the was, old lady. Yeah, and she, and, you know, like I said, Gina Rollins looks just awesome. I mean, to me. Uh, and, and she's just drunk as shit, and she goes like stumble down the steps and falls on her ass and everything else. Um, that would be a <laughs> cab driver was funny. Oh yeah. Cab. And she's like, he goes, how much a dollar 25? Uh, how much would be a really good tip? And he goes, uh, 12%. And she's like, okay, that would be, and he goes, lady, just give me a quarter. <laughs> you know, cause she was shit face. Um, like I said, I didn't, I, I mean, I know why it was in there, but it just is disturbing to me to see that, you know, the, the, the abuse violence. Yeah. I, I just, that just, ugh. Um, and you know, when she's crying from that and everything, it reminded me of some stuff that I don't want to talk about. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I, uh, this, this is a thing that I really liked in friends of Eddie Coyle too, as far as how the movie was shot, the cinematography and everything. And it was in this too. Uh, I like when they, when they shoot, um, say from inside a, a restaurant or a cafe out the window and somebody's walking by and you can see like the reflections and stuff on the glass and in the windows yeah. or someone's someone's outside say it's a it's a uh, like friends of Eddie Coyle and he's walking by and he looks in the window and you see everybody in there mm-hmm. and everything that's going on I just like I just like the way that looks it, it gives it a kind of a cool perspective um now, now my notes get really, really fucked up because I was, <laughs> it was completely dark, and I was just reaching over. I, th- uh, I think, I think about you so much. I some, uh, or let's see, uh, Seymour says this to her. I think about you so much. I forget to go to the bathroom sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, now there was one scene, and I just this just kind of was I thought was kind of touching because he has this old shitty pickup. Mm-hmm. And which was really, it's it's actually one of those ones that's kind of cool looking, and you wish you had it, like the Sanford uh, and Son truck. Sanford and Son truck, and um, he and and you know he's dressed like the uh, uh, like you and I would dress, just like an average guy, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Well, he was more of a hipster. Yeah, he yeah. had a blazer and a t-shirt. Yeah, this way there were several times in this movie, and I even said this beforehand, where I um, he reminded me of someone that I'm talking to right now. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> my hair's not quite my hair's not quite like that. If he had shorter hair, definitely. Um he had to have to have the hat too. Um <laughs> but uh, he he takes her they're going to go to like this honky tonk. And for him, this is a place, you know. I had this one time where uh, you know, my friend owned actually owned a bar and it was it was my hangout and we went there. I knew it was like you know, where everybody knows your name. I knew everybody. Everybody knew me. And uh, I met this girl through work, and she was fucking hot. I mean, she – and I, this is no joke. She was like Tori Wilson fucking hot. And uh, I t- actually took her to my bar, and, and it was kind of like just to show her off. And nothing ever came of it. That was like the only date that we ever had. Uh-huh. But I was – when I, when I went back the next day, they were like, Jesus Christ. That, like, it was almost like – Everybody and I knew this was going to happen, and I and, and that's why I did it. Everybody was telling me, "Jesus Christ, 
that girl was so hot. How, what, how the fuck did you get to go out? You know, like she was too good for me and I knew it. And she was, well, as far as looks go, she right. was way too good looking. Um, I should have fucked her and I did. I was, I was stupid. Uh, I was too young back then. I, I thought that something was going to come of it. Like we were going to start dating and I didn't want to try and fuck her on the first date. And she had kids and put the, the kids were at her mother's and we went back to her apartment and we're just there together. And I'm just like making out, but I didn't. And that, nowadays I would have started taking my clothes off as soon as we started making out. <laughs> and, then, and I would have fucked her. And that's probably why we didn't go out again after that. It's like, cause she was probably like, who's this lame fucking douche. Um, <laughs> but he takes her to this honky tonk and she's just like, you know, I'm not going to fit in here. I don't want to go in blah, 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 blah and everything. And there's, uh, but the part that I liked, and this was it was cliche, but it was nice. It's because it was a love story. Is when they started. Uh, dan- he turns the radio on. She did, she she was said I don't want to go in there because I don't know how to dance those kind of song to those songs. And so he just opens the truck door, turns the radio on, and and starts dancing with her in the parking lot. And it was sweet. It was nice. Yeah. And then he he does the guy thing of almost like as like a little boy where you try and impress girls by doing clownish things. And he starts doing like these kip ups and stuff in the parking lot. <laughs> Those were really funny the way he would like jump onto his hands and then spring right back up. He was like, he was showing off just like a little, like a, like a little boy, you know? And, uh, it was I, I, the, the part where I've had this happen and it really, it does. It, it fucking sucks is when you're with somebody, especially if you're dating them and they see some, and you're out with them and they don't introduce you. Oh, yeah. Or I've had, I had a girl that I dated for a while and she said, hey, stay right here. I, I need to go over. I, I need to uh, go over and talk to this person. And she goes over and starts talking to this dude. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And man, I mean, that, uh, <laughs> like, uh, that, that was not a good thing. Um, and then um, there's a scene where and I mentioned this before where Seymour uh, gets in a uh, – he's drunk and he gets – and he's hurt. His feelings are hurt and he's drunk and he gets in a brawl with this big dude who is a nice guy. This guy's just a nice guy. He's not trying to get many. I, yeah. I don't think he was. I mean he seemed like he was just being helpful because she was left stranded and and, and uh, he thinks, you know, you motherfucker. So he starts fighting and this guy just beats the shit out of him pretty mm-hmm. much. And Seymour swings, and that guy ducks, and he fucking punches Minnie right in the f- – I mean, just lays her out. I mean, it wasn't like she holds her nose. She, he just – it was like Manny Pacquiao. She just like, boom, just down. And I thought that was funny. It was kind of a Three Stooges thing. Uh, but, you know, it was almost like um, – what was the movie? Well, maybe like Barfly or uh, The Days of Wine and Roses or something where you have a couple and, and they're, they're two drunks. And they're, they're, you know, if you would think in a normal situation, like if that happened and you punched a girl in the face or you were screaming and yelling at her all the time or whatever, that, that most normal people would be like, get the fuck away from me. But when you're, you're a drunk and they're a drunk, and I'm not saying Seymour was – well, he was drunk a few, t- uh, you know, a few times. Yeah. But I think she drank a lot. Oh, and, yeah. I, and, and I think that um, – they were just two kind of sad people. He said something to the effect of every girl I go out with tells me that they love me, but I finally find – and I don't love them, but I finally find one that I love and, and then you don't – you won't even give me a chance or something like right. that. And, uh, but it was – I think it's just kind of a sweet movie, but it's done – 
it's not sappy sweet yeah. and it's real enough that it's uh like you said i want to root for them and i wanted them to get together and everything but one of the better parts of the angle of the movie is that it's not all sugar and spice and it's not all sweet <laughs> and they're both pretty annoying people in their own right so anyway but that's all i have oh we'll get our ratings um this is uh I didn't know what to expect from this, <clears throat> and um, you know, from from the very, very, very brief synopsis, it was, uh, you know, it's it seems like it was going to be cliche, and that's what I was expecting. I mean, this week seems like it's a, a breaking expectations double feature, even because you know you you see fucking um, uh, Zardoz in the in the the bandolier and the, that famous photo, and then the movie ends up being something completely different, and then you have this, you you know hot chick falls for crazy guy and like, Oh, okay. And then it's just, it's the way it's handled is completely different. It's not cliche in any way. And I mean, maybe in some ways, but for the most part, no. And, uh, I liked it quite a bit. I give it a 7.75. Well, God, you liked it better than me. (laughs) Um, this is the second time I've seen it. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the thing I think that, and this is more I think the, <coughs> the Cassavetti style, uh, though it is unique and it is different. And I think if someone watched this that uh, didn't know anything about him, didn't know anything about what he was trying to do and his uh, his style of filmmaking, uh, would not like this. They would yeah. say, you know, this is just a mess. It's just a bunch of people just blab, blab, babbling and that's just saying. That's kind of what it is. <laughs> and, and that's, like I said, uh, the, the movie Husbands, um, I'm like, okay, uh, I like John Cassavetes, I like Ben Gazar, and I like Peter Falk. They were all three, like, best friends in real life, and they make this movie, and this is going to be great. This this will probably be funny and everything. And it was kind of a, uh, like like you said, like kind of like a mess. Um, that brings it down for me. I respect what he did. Mm-hmm. I see what he's doing. That doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, th- I mean, there's a reason why things are structured and and uh, people, you know, th- don't just babble on. You know, uh, this is a very '70s movie. This would yeah. be a hard one to make today. Um, I was just, uh, and I'll stick to what I was going to say. I was going to say a, just a straight up seven, mm-hmm. and I'll stick to it because, like I said, I I uh, I could watch her all day long. Yeah, uh, uh, there's a movie. A really good one uh, with her and Peter Falk is A Woman Under the Influence, and it's directed by Cassavetes. Mm-hmm. And that's like his – I think that I think that would be – I know that name too. It's an iconic one, and I think she might have got a an Oscar for it maybe. I can't remember. But anyway, um, it's a really good one. Uh, it's sort of the same way, but uh, the subject matter is, you know, whatever. Uh, if you get a chance, check cool. it out. But I, I just give it a straight-up seven. I, I – um, it can some of the stuff when they're just kind of going on and on and on, um, and then it, it it can be kind of um, you know it's like okay I'm just sitting here watching these people just kind of jibber jabber. Uh, I didn't mind the ending because I thought I thought I think the ending was kind of a Hollywood ending. Yeah. But with all the other just kind of uh, hodgepodge stuff, um, and because I was kind of rooting for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was nice. There's nothing wrong with fucking something being nice. They didn't no, have to. There's not at all. Raping and killing. <laughs> Zardozing. All right. Uh, 7.75 <laughs> and a 7. That's, uh, 
Uh, take a break and come back and do. Uh, we'll tickle the old feed sack. We'll be right back. Eh, daddy Yesterday, during the preparation of those putrid little twins I captured, I tuned into entrails from the skeleton closet. God damn it! I was hoping to catch the newest episode before tonight's feast. Matt and Mike are the shit when it comes to odious cinema. Well, that's what I've been trying to tell you. I became so enthralled in the show that I negligently dismissed both children as being dead. After dissecting and boiling the boy, I realized that the girl had escaped the house and taken to the forest. How could you be so reckless, you old fool? Check out Entrails from the Skeleton Closet for reviews and discussions on genre-specific exploitation, horror, television, and general cult cinema. It just might save your life. But your brother's totally fucked. You know, we could pickle that little boy and save him for the solstice. Ooh, yummy. Over here, first voicemail. Uh, we didn't get emails. We, we got, well, we got a little bit of an email, but for the most part, it's voicemail. So, first one. All I want for Christmas is my podcasters, my podcasters, my podcasters. All I want for Christmas is my podcasters, and I could wish them Merry Christmas. The lovely demise. She sent me a Christmas card, so thank you. Yay. She's and, uh, a good egg. She sent us a voicemail, too. All right, so here's going to be some random feedback on your Christmas show. I know I got my Christmassy song out late. Oops, dropped my phone. I know I got my Christmassy song out late, and so I apologize, and I hope it showed up and you were able to get it eventually. I don't even know if you can play these files. I think you can, because I think I've sent them in before. Yeah. But anyways, about to drop my phone again. <laughs> you probably can't tell since I'm using the Jesus mic. Jesus H. Um, Christ. I can't believe you guys don't like Scrooged. And I'm going to be, I don't know if I'll be the first, last, or the only person that says that movie was hysterical when it came out. It's not as fun now, but it's definitely nostalgic, and I love watching it every year. I get emotional watching it every year. Um, I don't know what my favorite part is. I'm pretty sure it's the death guy at the end because he actually looks kind of cool. He doesn't just look like another dude in a, you know, what is that? Shard? Ah! A shroud? Like like another dude in a shroud. Yeah. And he just looked like another shrouded death guy. He actually, you know, had the TV and the bodies and the, you know, all the other little things that were surprising about it. And I love the Bobcat Goldway character. And 
I don't know. I just found Ooh. it funny, and I loved the fact yeah. punching him because <laughs> I don't know. I hated movies like that then. I really didn't like Home Alone and a bunch of other ones, but I really liked this one. This one actually made me laugh, and that physical humor got to me in this one for some reason. So, anyways, I am happy that you guys loved Trading Spaces, um, Trading Places, Spaces. Yeah, Trading Faces. Know, a TV show about houses or a funny movie with Dan Aykroyd and, and Waiting and, Places and Eddie Murphy and the Lowell Elliott. That's how I feel. Sitting on faces. It's from the Raiders movie, so it's <laughs> it's in that. Anyways, I'm going on and on. Um, I love that she movie. She should be I've in a cast of these Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, part of the reason why I like cutting my hair short sometimes. I just think it works for some people and. Yeah, really babe. Cool and nice and and uh, I loved her in True Lies, and a lot of people hate True Lies, but I love True Lies. And um, Valentine, the way they treated him in that movie, he did kind of make a really fast turnaround. When somebody's used to making a quick buck, they don't always just turn around and stop. I mean, habits are habits, like pocketing stuff. But other than that, I loved it. Um, I was at court with my dad a while back, and there was a guy that stood up because he was gonna be seen for something he was doing. Because my dad's like a defense attorney or whatever. And he stood up and he's like, and they're like, is so-and-so here? And he stands up and goes, yeah. And immediately took me back to that movie and just cracked me up. And I told my dad about it and he remembered it too because he was the one that watched that movie with me years ago. So if you heard that guy talk, you would have been cracking up. I really almost left the courtroom because it caught me off guard so bad. And I don't know. That's it. Happy, merry, flipping Christmas. Yeah. And that's all. Is there more? And oh, see, I wasn't done. Scrogging is sex. Yep, that's definitely a thing. <laughs> but bumping uglies is my favorite. <laughs> and I have a guest person here that would like to speak, and you might know her as Michelle Rodriguez. Hi, this is Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> I want to sing you a Christmas song. The first Noel the angels did say. Shut up, you bastards. I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> that was Justin fucking inhabited her body. <laughs> Shit. What the hell was that? I don't know. Michelle Rodriguez. I was expecting fucking Matt Suzaka come up come to and say, yeah. I will teabag you with my labia. That was funny. What's up with that? What's up with that shit? Hey. Uh, I was showing off. I was showing off uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's boobies at work today on the iPad, and <laughs> like from trading spaces. Boobs, boobs, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Demise. Next voicemails. Hi, hi. Is it? This is the feedback. For the Silver and Gold podcast. <laughs> this is Jake McLaughlin's calling in. Uh, in last week, I, I went to Canada and um, I had a great time. I, I, I hung out with the large William and uh, his family. We had some good food. We looked at uh, pictures of. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Next, here's the next Just second. Hey, uh, voicemail coming off. I apologize, but uh, yeah, this is Jake McGuire's and <laughs> I came back from Canada. I was having a good time, and I got myself a bit of a cold. Uh, but that's not even the end of it. Is know? it really Jake? My notes might be a little stuffy, but the strangest thing happened to me today. Uh, I was walking down the streets of Cincinnati, and a donkey just kicked my jaw. And now I'm talking <laughs> like this. What? I hope you guys forgive me because 
I'm, I'm feeling the holiday spirit, you know. And I just want to let you guys know that I love you. He's kind of you know, talking like fucking I love, Travolta I love, from uh, uh, Cotter. With, with you guys. Up your nose and, with the rubber hose. You know, I know there's a lot of self-loathing and uh, depression on the show, but you know what? There's somebody that loves you. The, the meek large, huge love. And I just want you to know that you have that. <laughs> you know? So have a holly jolly Christmas from me to you and yours. And I'll, uh, I'll talk to you guys next time. Okay? Uh, I am the law. That sounded like um, Jake Stallone. Yeah, is it Frank Stallone doing the doing the Judge Dread? Maybe it's uh, maybe it's Sylvester. Hey, hey guys, this is Jason <laughs> Statham. Oh shit! This, I can't do impressions, right? <laughs> I think Jake Jesus. is messing with us. What a weirdo. What a weird guy. What a weird and wild guy. All right. Hey, Zom and Loaf. Oh, my ear itches. Wait a minute. Good. Okay. Seeing as you're attracting all these celebrities to your feed sack section, I enlisted one of my favorites <laughs> to speak to you guys, and all because of a throwaway Zom line in the Christmas episode. Cheers, Modest. Voicemail. Hello, silver and gold. Um, this is Tom Waits here. <laughs> I was listening to your last episode about Christmas, and you played a song of mine, Christmas Card from a Hooker in Minneapolis. Now, Zom, you got it half right when you suggested that it was by David Cassidy, because, well, frankly, that was my name before the booze and the cigarettes took over. Look, I'll play you one of my early hits and how I do it now, just so you get the point. That's a lifetime ago since, you know, I went and sang that with Shirley Jones when we were together in the Partridge family. It's just amazing. A lifetime ago. Anyway, all the best. I'll uh, look forward to hearing more silver and gold in the new year, and hopefully you'll see, like you want to talk about my fantastic performance in Jim Jarmusch's film, Down By Law. Anyway, I'm off to my new day job. I've, uh, I'm working as the voice for the Cookie Monster. <laughs> C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. 
That might be one of my favorite voicemails we've ever gotten. That's, that's a fucking classic, man. Wow, I gotta save that one. Um, hey, I need to put that on my iPad <laughs> or iPod so I can listen to it. You know, that's phenomenal. Hey. Uh, awesome. Somebody from down under was bringing it, brother. That was awesome. All right. Speaking of bringing it, last voicemail. Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> oh. Last couple of weeks, Stone Cold has heard Sylvester Stallone call in and on, talking about how he and Jason Statham are comparing muscles and they're spending Christmas together. What about Stone Cold? Huh? What about Stone Cold Steve Austin? What? I got muscles. Oh. I wear underwear. I like to strip down my underwear and spare my muscles. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, but no, Stone Cold has got to spend Christmas with his wife. Who I'm going to beat because of that. <laughs> and what was Stone Cold, Steve Austin, involved in the Silver and Gold Christmas special? I'm Christmasy. I'm in the holiday spirit. Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. Is it right there? Cold. Christmas, Christmas is cold. Stone Cold. See what I mean? I'll put no. it. You know what? I ain't going to come down <laughs> your chimney anymore. Sandy ain't coming down your chimney. Tom, Luke, Stone Cold, Steve Austin come down your chimney and open it up a can of whip ass. That's your Christmas present. It's going to stop a mud hole in your ass. And you know what? I got a nice special Christmas gift. I'm going to go down to Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'm going to go to the Jake McLarge household because I heard he's a bad mouth wheel on the internet. Sign on Jake like makes high Stallone trail. huge. All right. I don't, I don't have a son named Bonnie. All right. So cold. Steve Austin is going to go down there. He's going to turn that some bitch sideways. He's going to kick his ass. I'm going to hit him with a stone cold stunner. Thought the rock was sneaking in there. Right Who was that? Mikey. No. Fucking Mikey. God. Remember how I said the end of... Uh, Ooh, we the got one ca- more. The end of the Cassavetes movie was kind of like... Well... <laughs> <laughs> we got one more. This might this might uh this might bring it back. Here we go. Hey Silver <laughs> Goat. This is Sylvester Stallone. Now it's coming up to New Year's. Every New Year's I have a special ritual that I like to carry out. You know, some people like to fucking party all night to midnight and fucking sing a whole line sign and Get a fucking old drunk and marry and shit, but uh, <laughs> I'm a bit of a superstitious fellow. And so what I do every year now is uh, I get a whole bunch of hot women together, and uh, as the clock strikes midnight, I'm jerking off. <laughs> and when midnight arrives, Sly arrives, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I'm jerking off, and when uh, when it hits midnight, I let my let my seed fly all over the women, <laughs> and uh, then once I finish my business, I count how much uh, how many of the women have been touched by my uh, <laughs> my seed, as it were, and I make a complicated. Uh, 
kind of arithmetic <laughs> on how many billions of dollars my movies are going to make during that year. It's now, like reading tea leaves. 2013, I've already got bullet in the head coming out. So a lot rests on uh, my performance at midnight on New Year's <laughs> Eve to uh, hopefully make it a successful movie. When uh, my Judge Dredd movie came out, I missed all the women by just left a puddle of uh, jizz <laughs> on the floor. My jism just missed all the women, flew out too hard. It went all over the, right over the heads, flying over the other side of the room, <laughs> hit the wall, and then dribbled down and made a little puddle on the floor. And You know, that's why... My dread film wasn't as successful as uh, some of my others. Now, last what? year, I covered <laughs> I those women. They fucking, they were like in the shower. They were loving it, man. They were like, oh, Sly, yeah. Get it on. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm Sly. I've got my big dick. I'm jerking off the fucking jug off my big dick all over you. And it's like, dong. And then, bleh, all over them. And it fucking... Expendables 2 made billions of dollars, and, you know, so I'm hoping for a replay of that one this year. It was fucking beautiful, man. I fucking loved it. Fucking, it was great, man. So, uh, yeah, I hope you all have as good a New Year's as me. I'm fucking, I'm looking forward to that shit already. Um, I think that's all I got to say. Yeah, it's fucking New Year's. You fucking... Do what you need to do. I'm sly. I got a big dick. I fucking jerk <laughs> off. That's my New Year's. So, yeah. Enjoy yourselves. Ugh. 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 <laughs> it sounded like his heart was in that one. <laughs> well, he's getting ready. He's saving his energy for New Year's. Yeah, yes. Oh, that's little, it for the feed. Just a little lethargic. I'm not, I'm not complaining though. I'm no, saying it was a good one. You know, well, it's all right. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, that's it for the feed sack. Um, thank you, everybody, for calling in as usual. Um, and you can always send us feedback to two zero six three three nine one six zero zero. If you want to, silvergoldpodcast at gmail dot com. Find us on iTunes or silvaandgold.com and uh, join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash silvaandgold. And uh, if you want to hop on the little forum I started, uh, silvaandgold.com slash forums. Um, the Gentleman's Guide guys, maybe eventually we'll have some guys on there too. Not really a lot going on there. Um, maybe never, but we'll, we'll see if we can get it going. Mm. Um, so next week on the show, <clears throat> we're doing a... Uh, Let's see. This is for this is for Rob A. I don't know if I should say last names. So um, Rob A. requested we do uh, a. Rob A. Let's see. I guess uh, uh, William Peterson looking for the bad guys double feature. How's that? Um, we're doing Manhunter from 1986. This is a a version, if you will, of. Uh, Red Dragon, which I quite like the book, and I like the Edward Norton movie, so I've never seen Manhunter. Michael Mann, our first Michael Mann. Um, 
And uh, we're going to do uh, William Friedkin's. Man, we got two powerhouses. William Friedkin's To Live and Die in L.A. Uh, also with, well, damn, Willem Dafoe. And damn, he's, uh, he's uh, yeah, he makes money and shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, and John Turturro's in that one. Turturro. Yeah, I like him. All right, so yeah, uh, to live and die in L.A. and Manhunter for next week. Um, that's about it. Tom's got to go to work. I got to go to bed. Today fucking sucked, and tomorrow's going to be worse. <laughs> you n- hey, you never know. You never know. Never know. I got another six days in a row at work. Always fun. So, well, you take off three for thank for Christmas, and look what happens. Um. So yeah. Anyway, um, Tom, do you have anything else, sir? Um, I have nothing. Nothing at all. Well, if that is the case, until next week, this is Loaf Oot. Hey, Zom, out. Bye.